0: We're back, episode number eighteen. Premier pep talk. Eventful weekend. I guess it will be the World Cup pep talk podcast, eh? For the next couple of weeks, because yeah, last weekend Premier League and uh, Premier League uh, first half over, and it went out with a bang this weekend. Lots to talk about. There was already enough that went on on the field, right? But then you had the Ronaldo here's morgan bombshell (laughs) to end sunday (laughs) to just still going by the way yeah yeah so i guess we can start there because it's a big big story i i've kind of been out of the loop all day busy at work so i know about the chef i know about uh man united's facilities caught astray ten hag caught astray rooney caught astray (laughs) i know about all that so so listen we'll with what I missed today, and then we'll break down basically the jux, the jux of it last night.
1: Uh, probably no more than about an hour breaking. More clips were put out on Twitter. Uh, one was another shot at Neville, um, a <laughs> shot at the Glazers. Uh, the Glazers were brought up in this oh, yeah. um, two-hour special, which uh, Piers Morgan is quick to remind you, by the way, um, throughout the day. Uh, seeing it that hasn't been released, right? Has not released. That's the so beautiful They're milking part this thing. shit. They're milking <laughs> it. It's not till Wednesday, Thursday, and it's a two parter. You'll get hour one on Wednesday night, and then hour or yeah, hour one on Wednesday night, and hour two on Thursday night. So, uh, like the, the marketing, the Rings. Yeah, peers shout out to you, man. The marketing strategy here is brilliant. <clears throat> um yeah. he also went on in like a like a preview to a show like a good director uh went on to t- to talk sport and and proceeded to to talk about the conversation Pierce. that he had with Pierce did absolutely oh, yeah wow. to which yeah he he <laughs> tried to cite the misunderstood and a commonality uh in ground with Ronaldo with that because uh as everyone notes, his walking off the show uh, about a year ago uh, in regards to the criticism of Meghan Markle, and uh, oh, he got yeah. called out, yeah, he got called out on that and walked off on the show. So, I remember that. Yeah, he's trying to cite commonality with Ronaldo on that. Um, but yeah, a lot of a lot of shots that uh, Ronaldo's doing right now.
0: Yeah, Piers is a gooner too, and it's hilarious because. <clears throat> I can't stand him. First of all, but all of a sudden he's Arteta's biggest fan. When for the last three years the guy has been Arteta out big time publicly on Twitter, uh, Arteta shipped off a of Bamiang. He backed the Bamiang the whole time, the whole time. Now he's on the Arteta train. So, just shows you what a fucking fraud that guy is. So yeah, it's I, convenient. It's convenient that it's with Piers Morgan as well. Very convenient. He's he's always had a friendship with Ronaldo. Let's let's be yes. clear on that. Um, oh, that's Pierce. His boy. He's backed yeah. him the whole time. Everybody Always. who, everybody who says something wrong about Ronaldo is completely wrong.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Always, never. <laughs> it could, it could
1: never be a Ronaldo fault. Pierce has absolutely been on that train, and you know, again, kudos to him for being able to link himself and attach himself like any good person who's you know trying to build connections. And he reminds me of that slick kind of uh linguist who's or that person who's just always like in sales or marketing just some way around doing his thing matching up with people connecting with people and that's that's what he does so he's slick ricking it and he knows what's up and you know good for him uh to get the attention i guess uh i think every fan club though to be fair to arsenal i think every club has that famous celebrity fan of that club that you don't necessarily yeah, you don't necessarily, you like them, but you're or her, and you don't necessarily want to attach the to them though. You're just kind of more like, uh, you know, thank you, but from a distance, yeah. please, you know. So, yeah,
0: yeah. <clears throat> but um, so yeah, I mean, so let's let's break it down a little bit. We said, I think on I don't know if it was the last podcast or the podcast Ronaldo was just made captain a week ago. So that how does that make Ten Hag look? This dude is yeah. plotting to drop a bomb on your whole on your whole shit, on your whole organization, and you just yeah. made him captain. This was two weeks after he walked off on your whole fucking team when you're trying to implement culture, and you made him captain. <laughs> we, th- we said it looked like a stupid fucking move to, a week ago. Now it looks even ten times worse. Mm-hmm. Ten times worse. And Ronaldo wow. just smiles. Yeah, I'll put the captain's <laughs> armband on. I mean... What a little prick he is. But, yeah, <clears throat> they have to. They have to say goodbye. This is it. And I think Ronaldo knows that he's gone because this is a story you put out. It was put out at the end of the Premier League weekend, six-week World Cup break. Strategically, you come back from the World Cup, the January transfer windows a week away. So yeah. this was very strategic. I think this is the last you're going to be seeing of Ronaldo in a man U uniform. What do you think?
1: Yeah. Uh, I, uh, hard to disagree. Um, I probably want to make a few statements later on as we tie up the Ronaldo conversation just to kind of get out there in regards to predictions and stuff we're going to see in the upcoming days as stuff more leaks because I want to make sure we're not crazy for saying shit as, as O'Leary and maybe other United fans maybe start to kind of come out and say rash things as, as oh, that's recency bias or that's kind of knee-jerk reactions to what he's doing. Um I've heard a lot last night. I heard over a, a, an hour of a very, very top FIFA 23 streamer um, that had at least about, at his max last night, about 3,500 people watching from when I was watching it. Mm-hmm. And he was orchestrating, giving this a narrative that what he's saying is valid. And if you don't know what he's saying, he's basically saying that the club is not well-ran Things have not been upgraded. Um, There's not a care for winning. Um, This is... I don't think the club was fair to me. They weren't fair to me about my daughter in the preseason. That's why I couldn't be there. Mm -hmm. Which, by the way, I want to be clear. If his daughter was sick, that's a valid reason. I don't think it's fair. Well, he also lost
0: a child, too.
1: Exactly. Yeah, he also had a loss of a child. Yeah, thank you for noting that. (laughs) Obviously, he's grieving. Ronaldo is very a a family man. So I don't think anyone here... Or any person of right mind would ever shout negativity towards him about those things. Um, What I would like to get to is more about the player and the actions around the club and those types of words Mm -hmm. and when you do it and those types of things. But this streamer, and to cut it up short, basically really wanted to push that the message was more more about more important than the messenger and the act, to which I say that's just so beyond stupid Mm -hmm. because he's not the president of the club. He's not the owner of the club. He's not the manager of the club. He is a player of the club. And when you- Current player too. Like you're still on the
0: team, my friend.
1: Exactly. It's also important to note that this streamer is Portuguese. This streamer loves Benfica. Uh, 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 AA9Skills is his name. And he's a Benfica fan. He is not a uh, Madrid fan. He's not a United fan. He does like Ronaldo, and in fairness, in years past, he's also called for Ronaldo to not be on the World Cup roster or international rosters because of lack of play and inability. So he has been fair in his criticisms of Ronaldo in the past. But I'm just so disappointed that someone with that platform will take the notion that what he's saying right now is more The timeliness is so important. I'll let you speak on, on the rest of it, but I want to just note this one important fact that anyone who's speaking about the wages and making that an issue, the, his actions allow for a termination of the contract, which means that the wages are no longer valid, which means any club who signs him in January don't have to pay the, the negotiated wages. Ronaldo couldn't get signed in the, in the preseason, in the, uh, the, the summer window. At the end, at the very end, not throughout the whole time, but at the end when the club finally said, uh, go if you can, no one took him because no one yeah. wanted those wages. There was some yeah. time where Ronaldo could have get picked up. He wasn't. He's not being held here. So the wages end should a contract be cut. That wages situation is over. He will have full ability to negotiate with any club. And I'm predicting that club is Roma
0: just for the record. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it could be. I think think the only thing, and I don't agree with the timing of it, I think the most valid thing he says here, and this is something I've heard from United fans, is that the facilities for a big club like United Are super outdated. I don't know about Mm -hmm. the chef. I don't know anybody eating the food over there. But I have heard that Old Trafford, like the facilities, compared to other big clubs, and judging by revenue, Manchester United is one of the biggest. But I have heard that that the facilities are whack. So you look, you look at a guy like Ronaldo. He comes from Real Madrid. He was at Juventus, and then he goes back to Man United. And he sees that it kind of looks the same as when he was here in 2008. I'm sure that was pretty jarring. So, you know, some of the stuff he said has some validity to it, but the timing is just terrible. It's two weeks after you walked out on your team and you clearly don't want to be there. Like, stop saying that you love the club. I said this last time, like, you don't love Manchester United. You wouldn't be doing things the way you're doing them if you truly love this club. You know, there's lots of examples of guys who love the club they play for and they don't do shit like this. This is just it's it's fucking egotistical nonsense from him. And yeah, just at this point, like I said, that Tottenham thing should have been the last where he walked out on, on, on Tottenham when they were winning yesterday. They win again. Ganacho, young player, looks good, looks deadly. I'm starting to worry about him. <laughs> He's yeah. looking good. As, a, as an opposing fan who hates United, I don't, I don't, I don't like that. I don't like how good that kid looks. <laughs> but agreed, he gets a late winner in a game they should have lost. De Gea was awesome. Keeps it at one-one. Late winner by a young kid, and it's uh-huh. trumped now by Ronaldo's egotistical bullshit. Because uh-huh. that's what it is. That's what it is. Yeah. So it's just it's embarrassing from him. Like you know, go go out, go out. You know, you're an idol to a lot of people and you're acting like this kids look up to you and you're acting like this and it's it's all self-indulged like and stop saying like you know so, like i said some of this stuff has some validity going after the coach but like saying also saying you love man united you don't you don't no. do this if you love the club truly this is just fucked up this is a terrible way to go out and you know they have to cut ties they have to cut ties because this is uh just childish fucking behavior from ronaldo
1: so so i'd like to get your thoughts on some of the kind of just immediate thoughts on this um in your opinion true or false he he, a wild statement
0: he can never walk into that building again i i would not yeah i would i would pack his shit okay. and say hey this is your last visit you okay. come get your stuff I mean he might be in Portugal already World Cup starts this week. But I would okay. pack his shit for him. <laughs> he immediately, immediately, as a as a
1: front office, are you discussing with lawyers how can we get out of this contract and or or at the very least penalize him for conduct detrimental to the club?
0: Yeah, you always want to talk to lawyers no matter what. So, yeah, I, but I, I think United at this point is just going to say, just leave. We don't care. We don't care okay. about anything. We'll we'll pay the rest of your wages. I don't think he's on a long contract. So, I, like, at, at that point, you probably just want to say, "Get. we'll pay you. Get the fuck out of here. You know, it's yeah. better for the club's health to do that. We'll take the hit. With the money, like I said, I don't think it's a long contract. If it was like a four-year or one of those crazy Harry Kane contracts, then you have that discussion on how can we get out of this. I think at this point, sure. you have the lawyers there just, just because you should do that. See if you can get your money back in some way, but I doubt it. You know, I'm sure Ronaldo's got some good lawyers too, so it'll be a legal yeah. battle that you probably don't even want to deal with. Just pay so, them
1: so long. So my, my last question is, do you want him?
0: No. But you know what's funny? <laughs> and you picked Roma. You know who my team is, who I can see him going to. I'll
1: give you one guess. Uh, don't make it obvious. Make it a good guess or good hint. <sighs>
0: Fuck. Mm, I, I, I can't think of anything that would give it away. But just guess. Give just me a guess. league. Give me a league. Prem. Chelsea. Yes, I can see it happening. <laughs> Todd Bowley, Mr. Yeah. Mr. Captain America over there, probably his eyes are probably lighting up at just the revenue opportunities, right? You bring in Ronaldo, actually, you sell some CR7 jerseys. Mm-hmm. Like He's looking at it just as a money-hungry American. I could totally yeah. see it happening. And I've You're already actually, talked I think, to some Chelsea think, fans, and they're, they're like, fuck no, fuck no. But this club's a mess right now. No, Brian,
1: uh, you're right. Vegas sides with you. I think I saw a tweet last night. I think I saw a tweet last night that actually indicated that Chelsea are the favorites at this point to sign him. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: because they can pay those wages. Absolutely, they can pay those wages. I mean, there's there's a lot of reasons why they they first of all they can't score any fucking goals.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: The last three games, uh, they played you guys, they played Newcastle, they played us, zero goals. So they can't score. That's that's a reason. They can pay the wages. And Mr. Todd Bowley sees this as a complete marketing opportunity. We will sell a lot of CR seven Chelsea uniforms and we'll have him. So yeah, I could totally see it happening and that would be absolutely hilarious for this season of Chelsea. That would be the icing on the cake. Cause this season has been a disaster for them. We've been on Not it, but them. like Ronaldo going there would be absolute fucking top banter. <clears throat>
1: Uh, per per Sky Bet, as of seventeen hours ago, Cristiano Ronaldo to sign before February third. Uh, PSG come in at twelve to one. Napoli come in at twelve to one. <laughs> uh, I to would this Napoli do that. Uh, I think the and it's a kind of a, not a sound argument, but the argument is that it, just artillery to back up and support what they've actually yeah. been doing. From a Napoli standpoint, that makes sense. From a Cristiano Ronaldo and a common sense and looking at what's going on, do you understand that's why he's leaving United, you dipshits? So, Mm. like, any, I get it from Napoli's perspective, but no, um, this category is going to make you laugh. Any MLS club coming in at (laughs) six to (laughs) one, any of them. You have uh, Sporting Lisbon coming at three to one, and as predicted, by Brian on this fucking podcast, Chelsea is two to one odds to sign. Two to one? No, wow. two to one odds. This was 17 hours ago, uh, per Sporting Life. But the bet is actually Sky Bet.
0: Yep, I could see it happening. I could totally see it happening. But yeah, that's crazy. That's fucking. Did you see that club that um they tried to get <laughs> Holland on like a eight week loan or a six week loan? <laughs>
1: It's a joke. Uh, wasn't a joke. No, no, no. You're right.
0: You're right. they, they did but try to it do was it. It was true, though, replied. right?
1: No, you're right. Yeah, you're right. They did try to do that.
0: I just love so the even think... Like that's the, <laughs> the problem for even fucking attempting it because you know it ain't gonna happen. But I, I applaud you for the attempt. It's actually hilarious and it's very brave. It went as far <laughs> as
1: to show the official request. They, I'm, I'm fairly yeah, confident started. they showed a picture of the fucking request and sent it in, which you know it doesn't from a, from a from a theoretical standpoint you know barring i can put on the settings and go click to injuries and click off yeah. you understand people <laughs> insu- insurance people can fucking worry about certain people getting out of bed Lionel messi's left leg is like insured at like 500 million what are you people doing to even waste your time trying to do that but it's funny i guess it's hilarious, it's hilarious. come on Jesus. Ashton
0: United, even the club—the uh, <laughs> name is fucking hilarious. That's funny. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Let's get into the weekend, and since we're talking about Holland, eh, 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 rough weekend for City, huh? Two yeah. two one loss to Brentford at the Etihad, and um, I'll, I'll let you go in because you know I think there's a lot to analyze here. Um, but yeah, I was shocked because Brentford. I think that was their first road win all year, and they get it against City. Uh, You had mentioned Pep wanted a performance in these last two Premier League games. He wanted two wins. Mm -hmm. He wanted six points, called out the team. So, you know, when Pep calls out the team, Pep usually gets what he wants, right? I want six points. He usually gets the six points. So, I mean, for me, it was shocking. I... I was kind of in the mood where, like, I don't even know if I'm going to get up for this game because I predicted 4-1, I think. You predicted 3-1 or something along those lines. Okay. So I was like, it's a seven thirty game. I want kind of want to sleep in a little bit. So I, I woke up at, like, 8, and I checked the score, and it says 1-0 Brentford. I'm like, okay, I guess I got to wake up now. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I was like, if it's 2-0 Man City, I go back to bed. It's an easy decision. But I saw 1-0 Brentford, and I'm like, wow, okay, all right, I'm getting up. So I wake up, watch it, Foden scores at halftime. I'm like, all right, they're going to slap him in the second half. It's going to be what I expected. Probably three more goals, Holland to get a brace, and that's it. But from what I saw is, and I really want to hear your opinion on this, because, you know, there's just something not clicking with City, you know. And for me, I'm going to give you the reason I think it is. Um, I know you're not a fan of this guy. Raheem Sterling, I know you like Gabby Jesus, but I feel like you guys are really really missing those pacey wingers. I just feel like th- those those wingers are not getting behind the defenders and the ball's just not moving the way it used to at City, you know. And also, Haaland is just sitting in the box now. When, you know, like take for example Arsenal this weekend. Uh-huh. Our first goal, Jesus comes out to the left. Martinelli mm-hmm. brings the ball to the middle. Like there's rotation of those pieces. And that's what City mm-hmm. used to do. That's why you guys, you know, De Bruyne are at false nine, whoever at false nine. But the ball's going to move around and we're going to crash the box with wingers, uh, center midfielders, everything like that. We're just all going to crash the box. But now Howlin is just sitting in the box, basically, right? He's getting 20 touches a game. Whereas, you know, guys like Sterling, Jesus, were getting 40 to 50 touches a game on average. This is on average. This isn't just like, so I just feel like the ball is just not moving like it used to. And while you guys are moving the ball a lot, like you you see the ball moving and you're still dominating possession for the most part. But those Mm -hmm. those clear cut chances, you know, that City usually produce. Like City, you watch City, and the first thing you say is, "Man, they create a lot of chances." I just don't see like those great chances being created. And there's probably a few reasons for it. Like I said. I think like you don't like Sterling, but I feel like you do miss guys like Sterling and, and Jesus because they bring that pace, they move around, they're tricky, they 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 get in they, their movement is is top class where they get into those spots that are hard to get into, and that used to create those openings for those other guys. And hey, here's another tap tap in from De Bruyne. Here's another tap in from Mares because we just created a chance. And I just don't see it happening with with City. You look at Leicester City, rough game, one zero win. Could have could have easily drew that. You look at, uh, what was the game last week? Uh, Fulham. Fulham, another example. Late winner, penalty. You know, that was another closed game. I just don't see the dominant city that I'm used to seeing. I could look like an idiot, you know, in, in two months. And we could see that again. But that's what I'm seeing now. It, it's what you're describing almost sounds like someone
1: in episode one of this podcast Predicted that with the addition of Holland, there would be chemistry issues and a misunderstanding of now playing with a true striker and having a player with less activity because now he's just literally hawking for goals. This is and was already anticipated.
0: This is why you also, pick
1: Liverpool. Oh yes, exactly right. <laughs> it's. Also, very, very important to note that, as I'm about to point, you had everything right. Minus, I think Holland has a little bit
0: more activity than you give him credit for. You had everything right. Oh, his movement's great. I'm not saying anything that's movement. But I feel like... He's just in the box. Him in the box, not moving like Jesus moves as a striker. Or not moving like KDB moves as a false nine. Plus not having Jesus and Sterling on the wings who also mm-hmm. do that that's what i'm saying mm-hmm. cuz his improvement in in is incredible
1: com- completely understood now i comp- 100% you're right but now when we go to play game by game comparisons i would say that is where the results and the end fixtures the the end product what what's done is done that is the premier league that is why we just what could have been what what did I, that, I'm that i not going to play that game because that is exactly the reason why Arsenal are the best team in the Premier League right now. I will also say I'm about to, I'm about to shit on my team but I also really want to know right now we won the league last year and at this point last year we had the same amount of points. Mm-hmm. Steady is the ship that goes. We're Gucci. Long term I know I know city are going to be there at the end. I know that. Mm-hmm. I know I don't I don't know anything if I know nothing else like I told you in text messages. If I know nothing else, I know my team. I know we will be there at the end competing. I know that. Mm-hmm. Now, I am severely worried about how this break is stinging certain players or Maybe it's not stinging certain players. I'm a little bothered with what I think is the greatest midfielder I've ever seen in Kevin De Bruyne. When you're a leader of this team and you come out with that performance and you look tired, I now have long-term concerns. Now, I. It, I'm not saying anything crazy about getting rid of him. I'm not saying anything crazy about, Mm -hmm. you know, what what, is he going to be right at the end of the We know he's a little bit injury prone. We know Mm -hmm. he's older and he's got a slower step.
0: But the lack of that,
1: I think 33, 32, 34. Oh, he's that up there?
0: Oh, shit. I think he's he's up 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 up. there.
1: I think he's up there. I think he's
0: like 30 for some reason.
1: I think he's on the wrong side of thirty-one. I think he's thirty-two at least. Um,
0: I may be wrong. I would be very happy if I'm wrong. Um, but thirty-one, um, June birthday, so he'll be thirty-two cool. in the summer. Kevin, awesome makes makes me even yeah. feel better. So right on pace. What what I would say is this:
1: I need to really be thinking about the replacement to our greatest player. And the reason I say that is because I am not united we don't we, we know what Bill Belichick does and we believe it at our club. We get rid of mm-hmm. you a, a year early before we are two years too late. And he deserves to be one of the highest paid players in the, in the world. He will continue to get those wages from us. He is continuing my captain. Anyone from the outside looking at our club, I stand by Kevin De Bruyne. But if I'm talking within those doors, just as a team and just analyzing for future and what we have to be planning for, I'm looking at Gundogan. I'm looking at Kevin. I have two major replacements that need to be coming. I'm looking at you, Jude. I'll talk about that later. But we looked bad, Brian. And I think it's important I shit on the club. We looked bad. You probably already can note since you got up. I watched it from the beginning to end. We deserved to get a draw. At the very most, Laporte Laporte got absolutely destroyed in the box on a corner. Uh, yeah. Ivan, two-time Tonys, did us bad. Um, the goal was deserved at the end. Anyone who talks about, you know, uh, uh, beautiful counter, of, beautiful counter, uh, uh, also important to note, Pep rates the manager. Um, Pep also said after the game, We're the manager. better team won. Um, we 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 didn't build anything in the final third. Phil Foden had a moment of brilliance, which that's what Phil does this year. He's been absolutely <laughs> outstanding, just just incredible. So. I uh, I'm I'm bothered by the second half performance um I'm really triggered by some of the certain players that I was really bothered by trying to do the team of the season so far with them and we'll talk about that later but yeah, yeah. it's it's okay it's all right we have one of these games we are known to have one of these games I was looking back west uh, it was West Brom like a couple years ago when they were in the Prem we had this with Wolves two years ago it, it happens it's It's okay in the bigger scheme. It's just not good that we're not having this chemistry, what we thought was figured out. Some other games were just because we were better. This game, and I said it to you in a text message, this hurts the most, and I'll let you talk after this. For the first time as a City fan under Pep Guardiola, I felt like our team went out there just because of name and because of the names on their back, they thought they were going to get a win. Minus Bernardo Silva. For the for the first, first time, time you felt like that? the wow. first time ever, I felt like this club. They just went on, put jerseys, and they said, "We're going to walk out, get three points, and we're not even going to break a sweat. They're not even going to bother with it." And Brentford just took it. The activity, the the and you talked about it. we you, you, okay. So the Raheem Sterling thing that I gotta finish, I gotta note this, dude. This it's not that we don't. It's not yes and no. Yes, we missed the pacingness, but what you said, you missed one word throughout that whole thing activity we miss the activity Leroy Sané had fast pace and all that but it's the movement it's the touches it's the coming in real quick and coming and playing a one-two then going not making mm-hmm. the defense be like holy mm-hmm. shit where did that guy just come from we don't get that this is where a guy like before I've been defending him and he's been good but look what he did two games ago against Chelsea in the Carabao Cup and I'm looking at you Jackie Cavs you have moments of brilliance with activity. You're going after it, and Pep noted the mind the mindset after the game. Pep said, in the in the Premier League, when he plays with other big players like Kevin and and Holland and and Phil, maybe he plays with them, and he feels like he's got to play with them and play up to them in in this carabelle cup he felt like he can play and prove that he's worth that money he was going at them trying to finish creating so much that's the reason why he's third on our match ranked ratings and i checked before again he's actually dropped down the fourth because he missed a couple games so he's top four in match ratings for our club i mean the guy's generating but right now right now the world cup comes at a horrible time because right now pep would be on their ass i've been nice i had a i I called one game on me i've been i called one game on me i fucked up the pool game if i'm pep guardiola i'm admitting it i which he did we noted it I, i fucked up the pool game but everything moving forward i've allowed you guys i've given grievances you can talk you can dance you can play you can do all this stuff and show up we didn't show up now now we're tightening up a bit Now we're going to show the new guys. Now you're going to know why we're fucking prem champions, because I'm about to hound you with film on how you look like ass and tell you why you're about to correct it. (sighs) So that that's the World Cup couldn't come at a horrible time. And I can actually make an argument to you, Arsenal fan. The World Cup's coming at a horrible time for you because you want the world. You want to keep playing. You are the opposite of me. I could argue Arsenal right now. Anyone come to London. Come to London and don't get and can tell me you're not getting three put on your head. Tell me Arsenal should not feel that way right now, man. You guys are looking tremendous.
0: Yeah, the, the the ball is great, and we'll talk about that game next. But yeah, I, I watched this, and I just you know, and, and City usually turn it on in the second half, right? So, like I said, I could look stupid, but for me, they just look different. I think mm-hmm. and now that I have Jesus on my team, you know, it's that thing where you watch a player on another team and then he comes to your team and then you realize things that you never realized that they do. Like Jesus, mm-hmm. just he does so much. And activity is the perfect word because there's times like I'm trying to find him on the pitch because he's so fucking active. I'm like, where is he right now? I mean, yes. that first goal on Saturday, he completely made that whole thing happen by just moving around, finding a pocket on the left side where Holland is never going to go, you know? That's just mm-hmm. the place he's not going to go. He's going to be in the box. Mm-hmm. And I just think the combo of him being a, a, a box, strictly sit in the middle forward, you know, when you put the tactics on on FIFA and you put striker, mm-hmm. stay central. That's what Holland central. does. He stays central. Yeah. He, he, he put the tactics on there. And then, you know, as much as you hate Sterling and you have to admit he's very active like Jesus too. He's very quick. You know, you lose him a lot because he's so quick yes. and he gets in those weird spots. Yeah, but I feel like he's still I mean he still did a lot for you. And I don't think like yeah, well, Grealish, sorry. I rate him, but like he doesn't have that like that that thing that Jesus and Sterling have, that, that quickness. He's he's pretty slow, actually, Grealish. He's a different type of winger than those two. And I just think that combo, I just think you guys, like for the first time, I'm seeing like, hmm, maybe we actually can win this league. I'm starting to believe it. I I really am. I really am. And I'm going to argue that I think this World Cup is also decent for Arsenal because we need the reinforcements. That was proven uh, in the Carabao Cup. We rotated fully and Brighton rotated fully and their bench destroyed our bench. So we need the reinforcements. We need Emil Emil Smith Rowe to get healthy. He's going to be a big help. He'll be healthy when we come back. So I think like this break is actually a good thing cuz when we come back it's going to be January. And if the owners invest, we could have reinforcements, you know, by the 18th game, which if we were to just keep playing, we wouldn't be able to bring anybody in until like the 20-something game or something like that. So, yeah. I mean, it, just it's a no good form, plays. Man, no? Huh?
1: So oh yeah, informed. we're definitely
0: informed. We're definitely informed. Yeah. My thing is just the depth doesn't work for me. And if we kept playing, I feel like we would have picked up an injury or something. We are informed, so it could go both ways. The only argument yeah. I'm going to make is that when we come back, it's January and the transfer window is open, and that yeah. that could be a very good thing because then we can go yeah. and you know by the second or third week when we come back, we could have reinforcements. You know, yeah. there's no reason why Edu and Arteta with six weeks off. Shouldn't exactly know who they're going to get. Be talking to those clubs in the background. January transfer window opens. Boom, here's the money. Get them over here. There's no reason that can't happen. So I think if we do the business early, then this World Cup break will be beneficial. If we let it sit until the end of January, then yeah, I I would have rather played through this informed team. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, so I, I'm very interested in some of the January window rumors already picking up. Um, yep. Obviously, we can all anticipate the World Cup performances to maybe have a stronger indicator as to who's going to be desired. But I I honestly, right now, right now, with just looking, and Mike Ryan said this on the local hour in regards to something about college football and trying to note another team. I think it's important to note as we go with this podcast, looking not looking at other clubs through the prism of your own club and set like identifying yourself with that club for one moment to understand that mentality. Like this top, this topic's been brought up because we just got on talking about Ronaldo and we didn't cite this, you know, I noted before Holland didn't come to win the champions league. This, this, this notion that Holland came here to play, to win the champions league is ridiculous. We would have gone after Benzema. We would have gone after Mbappe. We would have gone after Lewandowski. Which Lewandowski actually is more fitting if you really think we run the Champions League. Because you're going after a player that is a Champions League proven in the semi-finals or the finals, who knows you know he's done it before, he can bang goals in. Obviously, we know Holland can bang goals in. He had he's too young. He's still a baby. We don't know if he can do it really deep into the tournament. So it's about the project, it's about what we what we're building. Holland fits the mold now. You have been spot on about the criticism. We don't pl- – we need missing Jesus, and you keep noting this goal. It was so beautiful. Had it on the mm-hmm. left, came up perfect with the line. Uh, Vieira, which, by the way, I c- you shit on him
0: during the mm-hmm. – carobo- I was uh, shitting on him in the first half, dude. You shit on I don't think we were him, talking. Uh, yeah, we weren't. Uh, but I was – I you would have – I was slandering the fuck out of him in the first half. No. And then he got that nice assist beautiful dime, my lord. I turned it right at that assist, and I was like,
1: Jesus. Immediately, I shut it off because I was like, fucking hell. Of course, they're going to do this. It was right over. When I was going watch it. It was gorgeous of a ball. Odegaard played fantastic. Shout out to him, too. I thought, Trafford. what a performance. Yeah, what a performance by him. So, Arsenal, in the prism of without Man City involved, just looking at Arsenal, wow. It's hands yeah. down the best team probably in Europe because I think they're just dealing with, if you look at the October the run of games that they had that's the opponents I can understand if the toughest game was Newcastle and they've slapped the bottom half and we are sitting here top of the club and city have played you know your schedule and we're sitting you know two points or one point off I'd be like dog really mm-hmm. I'll, I'll talk to me in February don't be the, like right now no no Right now, you can say it. Arsenal can be champions, like I've said this whole fucking time. They can be fucking champions. Yes, you. you I agree. I don't disagree with the notion of of the depth. It's coming. I think. You do, eh, eh, all of them know it. Miguel, uh, the, the roster. Everyone's for it. I think. And who can be against it because of how they're going? I even think you want to shout out your club for the beautiful thing they did over the weekend. And so, yeah, I, will, that, that's, I will. Yeah, that's incredible. So it's just right now is the time to strike. Arsenal are—they know what they're doing. They're all in unison. It's beautiful to see because that makes the game the game better. And now go spend some money and prove that you can do it. And the bench is there, man. I know you're worried about the bench, but they're building every day under that tutelage. They're building. You got you got to give them credit because it hasn't bothered you yet. This notion that you need a bench, yeah, I don't disagree theoretically. But if no one gets hurt, what the hell are we doing here? I mean, this—this—who's going to stop them? The only thing I have to say face is I have—you still have to see us twice. So, mm-hmm. if anything, that decides the prem. If everything keeps going as is, that decides the prem. If you think about it, that's
0: quite—that's cra- crazy I'm to say. I'm Starting to think those two games are going to be the decider. I really am. It has. Because I don't
1: think we're dropping points to Chelsea. The Carabella Cup can only be that that if, if nothing else, it gave me the indicator. Even with our with some of our backups, I feel so confident seeing them immediately after the international break. Like one hundred percent short of any th- crazy injuries with the World Cup. Knock on wood.
0: Yeah. So yeah. Before before I talk about the Arsenal game, Ivan Tony though, man, that guy's good, man. That's a guy mm-hmm. where like if Arsenal's really, really serious, you go to Brentford, you slap money on the table, we'll double your wages, come over here, help us win this title. God, yes, you man. put Ivan Tony, because he his hold up play is dope. Great hold up play, awesome finisher. He's got the he's got the right attitude. I think he'd fit in so well. So but yeah, what a player. I love that celebration he did. Covers the ears. Yeah. Southgate, where you at, motherfucker? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you didn't pick me yeah. for England, you bitch. Um, I love that celebration. That was a dope picture from the weekend. Um, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Brentford. Uh, yeah. Brentford and, and their coach, too. Uh, what's his name again? He's a really Thanks. good manager because they were tactically set up really, really well against you mm-hmm. guys and they executed things perfectly. So shout mm-hmm. out to them. That was a good game. Started off the weekend well. Man City loses. Arsenal has to win. They get it done 2 0. Uh, against Wolves, who are now at the bottom of the league, uh, but they made it tough for us. And I knew they would. First of all, Molyneux is a tough place to go. <laughs> and uh, I knew they were going to set up in this fucking ridiculous low block that, you know, we had really tough time breaking down in the first half. Really, really tough. But, you know, Captain Odegaard, and I, I absolutely love this thing that he said at the end. And to me, this this is one of the reasons as well it's the belief that the players have uh Mm -hmm. he was asked after the game about you know the result and he said you know wolves made it really tough for us but we knew if we just kept playing our game the goal would come and that's what i've seen all year from them consistently they don't panic anymore i remember last year when when we bottled the top four because it was a bottling we have to be honest when we went to Newcastle last year, I saw an immaturity and a a complete panic in that team. Within 10 minutes, when they realized Newcastle was up for the game, the crowd was up mm-hmm. for the game, Bruno Grimaras was going to fucking dominate the midfield with Joe Linton. And I saw a panic in them. An yeah, I remember panic. this game. They panicked, and I was like, we are not winning this. It was 0-0 at halftime. I said, no, I see it. I just see it. They are... They're not ready to win this. They're not ready for top four. They're not ready for Champions League. I see it. I see it in them. I see it in their play. They're timid. They're scared. They don't know what to do. I don't see that anymore. I don't. Yeah. In this game, you know you have to win this. City's not going to drop a lot of points. It's a a must win. They know that. Uh Arteta knows that. Wolves came out made it difficult. They couldn't really do anything in the first half. But Odegaard said, we're just going to keep playing our game, and we know we're going to break them down eventually because we are good, period. And it's that confidence from the very top to the very bottom. It's that confidence, and it's guys like Zinchenko that come from Man City, Jesus that come from Man City that install that mentality, along with the lumps we took last year, the Newcastle loss. The Tottenham loss at the end of the season. Bottling top four. Mm. You know. You used to play. We used to play. There's still losses I remember to Strasburg. <laughs> but the, you know, there's losses against Stroudsburg, That bitch-ass team that always fucking... Uh, you, you remember those you losses. And you have to take those on the chin. Every story has them. Every story has them. I'm sure you can tell me about... Before you guys won the title, you remember some of those losses that... You know, you were right there, but you just weren't ready. You weren't mature enough as a club. And those losses help as well. So would I have loved to be in Champions League last year? Absolutely. I still want to be in Champions League this year. But you can't deny that sometimes you have to take those lumps to take that leap as a club. And that was a huge lump. And what you want to see from those losses is, all right, we took the loss. We took it like a man. Now we're up here. Now we just went to another level. And that's what I've seen. You don't want to see, oh, we took another loss, and then, oh, now we're going to drop our confidence. No, they took it, took it on the chin, boom. And that comes from the manager as well. I mean, he's done an amazing, amazing job. Amazing job, Arteta. He gets all the flowers. Odegaard, two goals, the brace. He's a captain that, you know, some captains are vocal leaders. He's a captain. He leads by example with his play. Give me the ball. I'll find the pockets. I'll find Jesus on the left wing. I'll finish the goal. I mean, he's a he's a great, great captain. Great choice by Arteta. And yeah, Saliba, probably one of his worst games, but Gabriel has been stepping up lately. Really upset yeah. that he didn't go to Brazil because he, he deserves it. He's been our best center back for three years. Obviously, this year, Saliba's taken the, the mantle, but he's been our most steady. And yeah, I believe in this team. I really do. And now. Here you go. Arteta's got it done. Edu's got it done. The team's got it done. Now it's on you, Stan Cronky, Josh Kroenke. We're there. Yep. We just need a little investment. Open up your checkbook. Bring in the two players we need, and let's win this fucking title. That was yep. good, right? Yeah.
1: Right. I, I hope he's listening. <laughs> I hope he's listening. He needs it. No, now it's on that's him. Exactly. Is that there's nothing left. There's nothing yeah. left. You could not ask more from I mean Adventure just have to look at if you want to back this up any further to be concrete, you just gotta go look up the stadium attendance and go see how they're selling out. But I have to oh, I have yeah. to break it to them. Those numbers wouldn't have changed anyway. Arsenal supporters have always been tremendous, so that's not going to be a concern. So at the end of the day, you you have it going right now. The last mm-hmm. thing you need is a strong, strong injection of some funds. Mm-hmm. Get some yep. cash flow real quick. Get some players, Miguel and Edu and everybody approve of and keep trusting the guy. Cause this is the process. You guys got it going. So yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Handle business, business like win, and yeah, I, I, I'm believing, I'm believing. Like I said, now there's just one final piece of this puzzle and we have to wait to see if that gets completed in January because I'm not saying we go out in January, get the players, and fuck you, Man City, you're done. Obviously not. I live by that mindset that you have to beat the champion. Always. In boxing and MMA and in, in football, you have to beat the champion. So we could do that and still lose. But if we did that and lost, we can we can hold our heads high and say, hey, Man City's just better than us right now. But if we don't make those moves in January, Then we can say, hey, if you weren't going to back us now, Kroenke, then when are you? This is the perfect time. Chelsea's in the mud. United's still going through through it. It's really a two-horse race. Liverpool's had a shit season. It's a two-horse race. Mm -hmm. This is a perfect time because you know more investment's going to come from United. Another year of Ten Hag. He looks like a decent manager. Chelsea will get backed. Newcastle's on the fucking rise. They're coming. They're coming like a speeding fucking bullet. So God, yeah. this is the time. If you're not going to back us now, Kronky, then I'm going to be very, very upset because this is the time. And if not now, then when the fuck are you going to do it? I get that you backed us in the summer, but January transfer window is very important for that push. And the push needs to to happen
1: 100%. So do you have any names that you're looking at? Do you just, have someone or two that
0: you're thinking right now it would be nice my list is uh, for midfield, Tielemans, Dele- Danilo, mm. those two. I would take those in a heartbeat. Um, yeah. And forwards, Zaha, Ivan Toney, Mudrick. Get one of them. Honestly, uh, Tony's going to cost a lot. Brentford's not going to let him go for cheap. Um, so it's probably unrealistic. But if if... If Cronke said, hey, here's a hundred fifty million and Brentford wants eighty for Tony. I'm thinking about it. I'm seriously yeah. thinking about it. He's young. Uh, we get him under a five year contract, Tony and Jesus at age twenty-five for the next five years. That's deadly. That's deadly. Yeah. You could that's yeah. two different guys who do different things. You could put you can even put Jesus on the wing. So that kind of solves the backup winger problem. Saka, take a seat jesus go on the right wing for today you know that kind of solves that so that would be my ideal one tony um cheaper options mudrick even though the fucking guy on Shakhtar janesh was comparing did you see that quote <laughs> where he was comparing him to like mbappe and vinicius <laughs> jr did you see that he was like save a hundred million because uh you know, he's he's up there with Vinicius and Mbappe. I'm like, slow down, my friend. Slow down. My lord.
1: But my yeah. lord.
0: Then then Mudrik and um Zaha would be on the, the other list. Um yeah, Zaha's his contract's up in six months. And then Troussard, gotta put him there as well. I, I think he'd be great. But yeah, Prem Proven would be obviously ideal. So that that's my list. Do you have any ideas yeah. of uh, who, who we can use? Well, I'm
1: I'm just trying to think of names that are kind of on the splash right now that you're kind of looking at that could be ending of contract. Like I've mentioned, you have for sure, Atlético are going to be losing players. You just yes. it's just math; they're going to be dropping players, and mm-hmm. it's a matter of who's going to take the chance with some of those Spanish league players. Who I mean, you're looking at Carrasco, who's a winger striker option. He's a Belgian plays well i'm looking at him on the world cup is he gonna about to you know get his stock up um so there's going to be movement for sure um for sure i don't know i i i know have you guys are flirting pretty hard with with that mudra guy right i mean it's it you if guys he's are flirting like, back.
0: <laughs> yeah he's flirting yeah there's back.
1: there's there's a lot of, there's are a lot of it. obvious, yes, there's a lot of, okay, are we doing this or what kind of thing? It yeah. almost feels like a party just started and you guys are ready to kind of, you know, leave the bar. So, I mean, yeah.
0: Yeah, he, he started flirting after the summer transfer window. He, he said mm-hmm. something about Arsenal in an interview, and then he just said something about Arsenal again. Last week, there were reports that we already contacted Shakhtar. It was from the Sun, so I don't fucking trust it. But um, Fabrizio came back and said, you know, there hasn't been any contact between Arsenal and Shakhtar Dinesh, but Arteta is a big, big admirer of Mudrik. So um, we will see. We will see. Obviously, over the World Cup, we're going to be covering World Cup, but there's going to be a lot of transfer rumors, so we will cover those as well.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm stoked for it. I'm ready to kind of get things going with with <laughs> the World Cup for sure.
0: So, what were our uh, results on those first two uh, Man City so game and, and Arsenal City, City Brentford? I
1: had a three one win to City, um, and you had a you also had a three one win to Brent to City. Um, both got zero points for that. Um, we had Wolves Arsenal. I had two nothing. No, I'm sorry. I had.
0: You had three, I think, right?
1: Yeah, I'm looking for the exact. Yeah, three nil, Arsenal, and you had.
0: I hit it on the head.
1: Two. Yeah, you did. Two nothing.
0: Boom! Arsenal. Big three. A big three points. Yeah, much needed. Yeah, I did. Because was it last week where you hit nine? You got a nine yeah. nine points on three result on three games? You got I'm 3, three
1: I'm gonna do the add ons here in a little bit. Yeah, but that's that's a big that's a big pickup for you. It almost I almost feel a... like we need to give we need to give more points when we get our own club.
0: Yeah. Well yeah, we should consider that. Um I hit um I hit um Villa Brighton on the head too. I'm looking Two at one the Villa. scores now. Two-one Villa, surprising. But I, for some reason, I was feeling a loss from Brighton. I was just like, man, eh, it's gonna happen." But
1: uh, that was a very yeah. frustrating loss if you saw that game.
0: Oh yeah, very very. They had a lot of uh, lot of good opportunities. Brighton. Did you see that yeah. one? I don't I don't remember who the player was, but that it was a perfect cross. He was all alone, unmarked the the striker or whoever I don't remember who it was but he freaking I don't know who was it yeah that was embarrassing he was literally all oh, alone God. unmarked and he freaking he didn't even whip it like towards the goal he just like let it hit him in the head <laughs> yeah he just like tried to like to, like bring it in like embrace it like it wasn't just gonna like bounce yeah that was fucking weird um but yeah let's talk about these other games uh, there was some other good games this weekend um, we'll talk about the I didn't watch Burnmouth Everton, but, man, Frank Lampard, once again on the hot seat, horrible, horrible <laughs> result, 3-0 to Burnmouth. And uh, shout-out to Burnmouth. They keep picking up results. But, yeah, Everton, man, that's a team that, you know, I think we both picked Leicester to possibly be relegated, but I think Everton is going to be in that relegation zone because it's not looking yeah. good, really, besides Anthony Gordon. Like, nobody's playing well on this team. Um has been decent at midfielder, but he's not a midfielder. So uh yeah. What is yeah. he?
1: Because he hits a couple bangers, but I don't know what the hell he is, to be honest.
0: Yeah. Confusing, confusing player. A lot of talent there. I always liked him, but his finishing was dreadful. Dreadful finishing. Yeah. Um and yeah, now he's at Everton and <sighs> not looking good.
1: No, it's not. And to be frank, they both both of these teams don't even deserve any of it. Borman think they got to gotta win. Frank, weeks. I like
0: what you did there. Yeah, you like that. We
1: we don't <laughs> we don't need to we don't need to really be talking about it. He doesn't deserve it. Um, He's not a good and, manager. And Bo- frank. Yeah, it's just it's too many ups and downs. We're gonna do this yep. thing. I hope that we don't do with some of these older <laughs> managers that we're leaving, where it's just like you know. Like Big Sam, like where these managers they come in and like you look at their like long term career record and the guys like got a five hundred record, but you're just like, oh, he knows the sport, he can come in, he can fix it, and it's just like, what are we doing with them? Because I'm not you moved know. at all, and no. to give him this time, the the, the the there's no beauty, there's no buildup. Gordon is just too young and too big headed right now i don't see enough in this ever everton team honestly um and bournemouth i expected you had other chances to really earn my wow when i'm going through some of these stats none of these players move me for either of these rosters no you can gut and dissect them all and i was thinking um i forget the guy on bournemouth and i had to look it up but then i was like god no I look deeper into the guy's stats and the guy's like maybe played only like two good games all year. So I'm really done with both of them, honestly.
0: The only player I kind of like on um, Everton is that Onana guy that they picked up in the summer. He looks like he'll mm-hmm. be good. He So like, I like Gordon too. And I'm starting to think at this point, I think like his talent will truly be unlocked when he goes somewhere else. Because I do see some talent there, but I just feel yeah. like e- everything at this club is just stagnant. Everything, including the players. And yeah, it's just uh, a little disappointing because they're you know, two years ago they were they're up there fighting for top six. Um they were looking like you know they're on the come up and now those nosedive, big time fucking nosedive. But yeah, three nothing Burnmouth. Um three one Liverpool. Um huh. they played at Anfield, got it done, you know, they've been dropping points against these lower level teams. They handled business, handled business, Brace for Darwin Nunes. He's starting to score and, uh, Firmino gets another goal as well. Firmino slighted by the, uh, Brazil world cup call up or not lack of it. No world cup call no. up for Firmino gets a goal. He's having a nice season and, um, yeah, that's about it for that one. Did you, uh, did you watch this one? Uh, I did. And,
1: you know, they look to be back in form, so a lot of I think this was the weekend, and I think all across Europe, it was a weekend of players that were slighted. Right, Firmino gets slighted, scores. Um, I Tony. was kind of in, yeah, Tony. Uh, I was kind of anticipating that. Um, I want to I want to save the majority of the conversation for Firmino and the, for the World Cup thing because I think it's first about mentality, like especially for like knowing what Brazil is and knowing what you're trying to do, or at least how you want to kind of attack that World Cup and. Klopp being a a a cup manager, right? Because everyone says he's great at tournaments. I think the argument is when when you hear Klopp fans say the Klopp debate, the Klopp versus Putt debate gets brought up. And I think Klopp fans will argue that, well, Klopp is better at a tournament. Your prep your your Guardiola likes dominance over a longer period of time. Klopp wants to, you know, put a team together to win like four to five games in a row. And okay, whatever, but I just don't. I don't give any validity behind this result because this was expected. And if the World Cup wasn't here, they'd lose the next game or they'd draw the next game. So oh. this in yeah this inconsistency in pool. I just they dominated it to be honest with you. It was kind of anticipated
0: from the both of us too from the predictions. I, I actually picked a draw.
1: Hold on, wait. Did you?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I text my... uh, Two to two. Holy shit. I just... I was like, you know, they looked impressive last week against Tottenham. For the most part, they'll drop points against Southampton. That's just how they're going. They're that up-down, up-down kind of team. So, yeah, I missed out on that one. Uh, You picked... Did you get that one on the head, or what did you pick?
1: No, I went pool
0: two to one. Oh, almost. You almost got it.
1: Well, I guess... I don't even know what the hell I was thinking with this. Damn.
0: Yeah. So, but yeah, um, you got, you drew them in the Caribou Cup. That's interesting. This year totally has it. um, It looks like a year that some weird team's going to win it. Some weird, weird team's going to win it. Burnley or some shit. I agree. Because, you know, it's, it's insane that three days after the World Cup or two days after is the next round of the Caribou Cup. It's fucking insane. So, you know, you have a team like, let's say Belgium makes it. Like, De Bruyne is not going to be available. No. You know, like fucking, uh, who else? Portugal goes far. No Cancelo for you. No Ruben Diaz for you. Like, it's crazy. So, yeah, I think it's just going to be some weird team makes it, you know, maybe, hey, Nottingham Forest, they get relegated, but they won the Carabao Cup, you know? Hey, you just don't know. I think it's going to be some weird team this year. I really do. Some team we don't expect at all. You know what my pick was going to be, and, and uh, if Villa won, I was going to say Villa's going to win. Emery is a fucking, but they lost to United in the cup. Um, v- Emery is a, a tournament coach, and you know they look better under him. He's already getting the new manager balance. I'm like Villa, and they and they have the talent. Villa has the talent. I'm like they're going to win it if they advance, but they didn't.
1: No, yeah, I. I think the 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 big the bigger clubs, you know, this was a great one for United to win. This is a great one for Chelsea to win because these clubs that don't have a chance for winning the actual prem, you want to capitalize and, and prioritize these. I think we went we didn't really go after it from we always want to try to win a game, but right. from a fan's perspective, the only thing I've wanted to really do about beating Chelsea because t- it still hurts me that they beat us in the final in the Champions League so that is the main reason why every time I see Chelsea I really do want to stick it to him as much as possible nothing to do with mm-hmm. Raheem nothing to do with Raheem it's truly because of that Champions League stinger so yeah. yeah man I don't know but it's it's good that you're out of that fucking thing so good that you're out of that thing I'm absolutely. I'm absolutely both, both sure. clubs That's are going to sure start back people. Yeah, both clubs are going to probably start developing kids. We're probably going to start academy
0: players. Might not have a choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Howlin' and Salah will be available. So it'll definitely. I could definitely see them start. So it'll just be fucking Howlin' and Salah going goal for goal, I imagine. That'd be pretty funny. But yeah, good win. And, um, you know, some teams should have taken the Carabao Cup serious because that was all they're going to get this year. Mm-hmm. I think you know who I'm talking about. Tottenham Hotspur get a result this weekend after a humiliating loss to Nottingham Forest midweek. Uh, A game where Tottenham went strong, Nottingham Forest rotated a little bit, and they still got slapped 2-0. This week, I predicted a draw. It was looking like it was going to be. You predicted a Spurs win. I think you predicted 3-2, right? And it was 4-3, so you were close on that. But this was a crazy game. Leeds yeah. had it. They had it, but they cannot defend. It looked like Bielsa Ball all over again. <laughs> Great attacking <laughs> yeah. and fucking no defense. Not marking runners at all. Holes None. everywhere. Swiss cheese. Um, and, yeah, Benton Corr gets two goals late in that game to make it 4-3. And, you know, this is what the Spurs do. They look terrible. Uh, you know, another hilarious couple of Emerson Royale moments in the game. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He got the ball like literally six yards in front of the box and booted it to the sky. That ball is still rotating the planet as we speak. It's in orbit. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Leeds, Somerville, I picked him for the goal. You picked Rodrigo, so they got his points there. Those two are looking lively. Leeds is looking good, but Jesse Marsh, got to shore up that defense, my friend.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay yeah it was uh it was disappointing. I predicted a three two leads win, and I got that right when I thought the game was done yep. and thank you Spurs for coming in and doing doing your thing i don't I don't know what to do with this tottenham team. I don't think they deserve to be talked about because they don't even know what they're doing. This is fool's gold. I truly truly believe that there are sometimes in all sports I know this. Not from a player's perspective. No player can speak to this mindset. And you say this to a player, and they're just going to be like, I don't know what you're talking about. We work every, we work hard every game to try to win the game, and we win the game, and that's what we do. And I get it because you, your whole focus is the game. No player will understand this. But when you're a coach and when you're a manager of these clubs and you go through a process of trying to, like, what you, uh, wh- why? Why do you want to have a conversation – about squad depth and all those things when you're not really considering the final aspect in winning the game and if if you're going to have a conversation about what roster depth is and all those things and and who's going to be playing who what players are going where like there needs to be a final understanding of uh, uh, just Commonality. Everyone understands like what the move is. Some of these mm-hmm. clubs don't have that security. Some of these clubs don't have that insurance where they can confidently say that about from their manager. So, yeah, I just I don't know. Tottenham, they don't. They can't agree with what they're doing. You know.
0: Yeah, and you know they're coming back, and it's admirable, but. <clears throat> I've seen them go down in these games against Chelsea, you know, the traditional big six teams, and they don't come back against them. So they're only doing these comebacks against the lower level teams. And they're only doing them at home pretty much. You know, I I feel like if that game was at Leeds, that comeback's not happening. That game's done and dusted at 3-2. You know, they have the crowd behind them and they come back. But like I said, they're not doing this shit against the big teams. They're not, you know. Marseille's not a big team. Leeds ain't a big team. They're just not. So, you know, their defense is progressively getting worse. Eric Dyer is just getting worse and worse every week. He's been exposed. Christian Romero, where's he been? To me, it's Argentina. That's what I'm saying. He he left the team. So you have a guy there that ain't that committed because you guys are in a top-four battle, and he... Wanted to go to Argentina to play for his team in the World Cup. See, that yeah. shit's not happening at Man City. That shit's not happening. But you know where it is happening. It's happening at Tottenham. It's happening at yeah. Man United as well. Because I saw Anthony do the same shit. He sat out this weekend to play for Brazil. You know? Yeah. These clubs are paying you big money. Anthony, how much is that motherfucker making? About 300 a week last time I looked. And you're worried yeah. about going to Brazil for the World Cup? I get it, your nation, but... Your nation's teams don't pay you. This team fucking pays you. This is where you get your money. 250K a week, 300K a week, however right. much you're making. And this shit ain't flying in Arsenal and Man City. Hey, you're here. Play the fucking game. Romero's going yeah. to fucking Argentina. Like, it's it's hilarious to me.
1: Yeah, I, I I a lot of it didn't make sense to me. I think Tottenham maybe know more about it. Tottenham fans can maybe correct us. I think he had an injury. He was coming back from an injury, and then he was ready for the game. He's healthy and fit for the game, but while getting ready for the injury, they anticipated him to not be fit for this game already. So he went back to Argentina in hopes to kind of train and get ready to be good for the World Cup, and it just so happened that he was already good. So when yeah. you see some of these social media things and he's posting with the club or training or with the with the international club, you're just like, what, what, what the hell's going on? So I – I don't know what what that deal is. You're right. That's not happening at some of these bigger clubs. The comeback win is spot on. That's a great point. They're not doing this against some of these bigger other uh, bigger clubs too. Tottenham, they're same like pool. The inconsistencies going back. I really don't think at the at the halfway mark they deserve for us to really be talking about them that much. We both teams. I anticipate to be lively, um, in this window. Yep. That's when maybe we can have a conversation again, uh, because yep. right now there's neither of them in my heart of hearts tell me they're going to be competing kind of to win the title.
0: No, they'll be competing for the spot there now for spot for spot. <clears throat> but yeah, I, they did it again, but you know, it's the same story with them. They go down early and they have to fight their way back. They have to fight and claw to get their way back. So yeah, it was a good win for them in, in the long run because they're going to need to keep getting these wins because you know, that third and fourth spot is going to be competitive. You know, Newcastle's, continuing to win and we can move on to them next one zero win at st james park you know didn't even play their best but they get out of there with three points uh joe willick former gooner with the nice nice finish great goal yep. to get the win and yeah this was uh <laughs> chelsea man they they looked terrible didn't even really look like they were going to score at any point had a couple good chances towards the end kai havertz you saw him at the end trying to fight everybody Rattled, completely rattled. Chelsea is rattled, and Uh yeah, I mean, you got to stick with Potter at this point. And I think they came out and said they're not wavering on Potter at all. He's here. He's a five-year contract. But you know, there's things I'm seeing that are are skeptical. He comes out in these press conferences trying to play the nice guy and all that. You know, giving teams all these credit. This credit, he doesn't sound like he's got that ruthlessness in him. And at Chelsea, you have to be ruthless. You know. Let's let's be real. Arteta had to go to Arsenal and be ruthless, right? Yeah. He had to get rid of Guendouzi. He had to get rid of uh, Aubameyang. He had to get rid of a bunch of players. There's a lot of dead weight on that Chelsea team when you look now. Ziyich, what the fuck's he doing? I mean, honestly, what is right. he doing besides taking up space? Absolutely nothing. Um, <clears throat> Thiago Silva's getting old. Probably one of their better players, but he's getting up there in age. Got to make a decision on him soon. Uh, that, that Loftus-Cheek guy, you know, there's a lot, a lot of dead weight on there. And is Potter ruthless enough? You know, these quotes I'm hearing, it's making me think he's not because he's he's trying to play the nice guy. You know, even in that game against Brentford, he was criticized because he was like mucking it up at, with Brentford after a 0-0 draw, and Chelsea fans were pissed about that. But it's like little things like that, you know, there's one thing you have to be when you come to Chelsea. You have to be ruthless because they will be ruthless with you. They're backing him now, but let's see another five losses on the board. Let's see you back him after that, you know? You you ready for this? In regards to Chelsea and
1: and their manager, the last three managers for Chelsea have not lost three consecutive games in the Premier League. It took Potter nine games.
0: Tuchel and Lampard?
1: Neither of them the last three managers never lost three consecutive premier league matches it took potter three or nine matches yeah 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 that it's, it's, it's not going well is a little no it's it's a little alarming and i think i've overheard this over on espn fc and i think i've seen this as well i think common sense kind of brought me to this when i heard it i was like actually this makes a lot of sense there's there's been a lot of just changes from lineup to lineup. There's yeah. too many like inconsistencies. I just went on a little confusing rant about Tottenham trying to explain like the cluelessness about the entire club and the organization about who they're starting. And they don't have a clear indication, but they somehow get a win and, and who's showing up and what are they doing. Same thing applies to Potter and Chelsea, probably more so. He can't tell me, Zakaria, what are we doing? Zich, what are we doing? Pulisic, what are we doing? Like, There's so yeah. many question yeah. marks as to these players, w- w- their performances. Are they going to get an opportunity? I can't tell you a consistent player for him yet. I think actually Cucurella, surprisingly, <laughs> he's and been, he's I think, one of the more. Way. No, but he's not good in the
0: situations that he's putting him in. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a guy from Brighton too. So you should know how to use him. You just coached him the, the last few years. So I think, I think where I'm having trouble with the whole Potter thing is I'm not seeing a style from him. Like you said, he's just changing yeah. things up. Like almost like, Hey, I'm not sure what we really are good at. So I'm going to try like six things today in the matchup and we'll, whatever starts working, we'll stick with that. Like, I'm not seeing a style when 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 you know you see a new manager come in usually sometimes it doesn't work right away because they don't have the players right so you just get there you got the the other manager's players the players he brought in so you know it's the, the it doesn't look as pretty as i want it to look but we're still going to execute my style even though i don't have my players here so you know you might yeah. see some bad results you have players in places where they're, they shouldn't be. These aren't, these aren't the managers players, but you still see a style. You still see what they're trying to do. You know, man United has had some pretty bad results this year, but you still know what 10 hag is trying to do out there on the field. You still understand his style of play. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting what, he, what, too, uh, not too cool. Well, I'm not getting what, uh, is trying to do. I'm not seeing it. Exactly. I don't get it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, 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 the inconsistency of the games that he played at Brighton, he's not afforded here at Chelsea. And we know this because of the expectations. We've kind of said this before. They're clueless. They, they, I'm um, another team I'm interested because you got a sporting director now who agreed with Potter. Potter's your guy. Bowley's a new ownership. These are positions that you just solidify that should be, no question, they're concre- concrete. There are foundations. Okay, cool. Nope, it's not looking good. Even that, fine. Programs lose. Not every team can win. January window. What are you about to do? And how are you going to start? This is the first window that really will kind of determine to me what Mm -hmm. uh, Potter wants to do, what Bowley wants to do. And if the odds, and you are right, they're bringing a cancer. So that just already speaks to... Whatever they're trying to do, whatever they're trying to take in.
0: If that happens, dude, that is going to be ridiculous. Yeah. I, I could see it happening, though, because we knew we knew Tukul, Tukul got kicked out because Bowley wanted him kicked out. So, you know, and mm-hmm. like I just said, from what I'm seeing from uh, Potter, he seems like the nice guy. So, Bowley's going to go up to him and say, hey, we're bringing in Ronaldo. Is, 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 Potter gonna be ruthless enough? Because Bowley did that shit to Tuchel and Tuchel said, eh, go fuck yourself, Bowley. Uh-huh. That ain't happening. Because he tried to bring him in this summer. And Tuchel yeah. was not having it. So hey. Exactly. Do you see Potter saying that? From what I've seen from Potter, maybe he has a ruthlessness that's gonna come out, but hey, I could totally see it happening. And if that happens, man, that would be hilarious. Because Chelsea's a mess right now. And you're gonna add Cristiano Ronaldo. Oof. Wow. Let it happen.
1: Could you well yeah, let it happen because he's not he's got to give him the keys. He's got to yeah. give him the keys. You don't you don't handle those types of players. They handle you. Yep. They do the exactly. locker room the way they want and if you agree to that, if Boley you're okay with that and Potter you're okay with that. Listen, there they, he's got to, other clubs have done it. Other, other clubs have found a way, you know? I mean, it's not like this mindset of his was born yesterday. It's it's a thing, but it's not my cup of tea. So I like to watch it from afar, which ironically I say it's not my cup of my cup not my cup of tea, but he was going to be a Man City player. And yeah, he, he, he was. It. it's over. It's done. Fergie you guys. Servey. Oh my gosh. Fergie
0: with the assist. Yeah.
1: Fergie with the assist. So thankful for you, brother. Thank you. Yeah.
0: You know that meme with uh it's the the house on fire and that little girl's like standing there giving a devilish look. That's me waiting for Ronaldo to go to Chelsea. <laughs> it, when he it, goes it, over there, really? that'll be me. I standing in front of the fire, just giggling, just laughing. Yeah. Because yeah, that, that would be hilarious. Absolutely yeah. hilarious. But yeah, we'll see we'll see about that. Um, but yeah, Newcastle man. Problem. Problem. Third place going in the World Cup break. Only one loss on the board. Getting goals from everywhere. Willick's looking better again. Looking like he did when he went on that loan there a couple years ago, and yeah, they're they're deadly, and Saint maximum didn't even play. Esac didn't even play, and like I said, you know they're going to invest in January as well. so shout out to Newcastle. Yeah. They're just looking scarier and scarier every week, man.
1: yeah, I, I will note them later during the uh, other other things we'll talk about, but yeah, Newcastle Newcastle got some players, man. they're playing yep. well right now.
0: they look deadly. I do not yep. want to play them. I think we play them like we come back, we play West Ham, and I think then we play Brighton. So we have a tough three games, even though West Ham, we'll talk about them next. No no news on Moy's out because, um, yeah, 2-0 loss at home to Leicester. We looked at their fixtures a week ago. We said Leicester at home, and then they played – who did they play last week at home? I'll look it up. But two home games, I believe they played Palace, yeah. Uh, two home games going into the World Cup. They need six points. They got zero, zero points out of that. Not even a fucking draw. Not even three points. They got a whole zero. And, yeah, I mean, I'm shocked. I'm shocked at how bad they are this year. West Ham has been that team that last couple of years that outside of the big six, you know, they weren't as scary as Newcastle. But, eh, I, would, I don't really want to play West Ham. They're a pretty damn good team. And this year, they're just looking. They're just looking dead, man. Uh, Lester's picking up form for sure. Madison with another nice goal goes off with an injury. It looks like he'll be fine, thankfully, um, because England could definitely use him. But yeah, your boy David Moyes, what do you have to say? Is it his time to go?
1: One hundred percent. And it should have been his yeah. time to go when they had that deflating loss to Crystal Palace last week, two to one. You know, it's 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 one of those things that we've seen enough. I don't know why we hold on to coaches or managers or players that once we know what they are, if you're trying to win. If you're just trying to get a check, then you keep them and you just want to lie to the fans. That's no problem. Do that thing too. But mm-hmm. Moise is, thats the spark is gone. And yep. we know this is nothing new. It happens with moise teams. They mm-hmm. just don't fit anymore for there's a short period of time they can get it together and we've seen we've seen the best out of this west ham team for now um it's time yeah. to get a manager out of there they really don't deserve to be talked about even the goals that lester scored um james madden madison came off uh but he's good to go apparently it was all precautionary yep. so he'll be playing um in the world cup so yeah uh I, I, this game was pointless honestly
0: <laughs> yeah very yeah, really disappointing from west ham uh, good for Leicester picking up results. Uh, now they're sitting 13th in the table. Not that long ago they were sitting in the relegation zone, so good for them. Um, they're starting to you know play to their potential a little bit more. And uh, yeah, James Madison. Thankfully, he's fine. That would that would have really sucked because he really had to fight to get in that England squad. I still think somebody put a gun to Southgate's head and said, "You better pick Madison because." He just never wanted to pick Madison, and it shouldn't be that tough. The guy's a quality, quality player. But uh, yeah. that would have been devastating for him to finally get called up, go to England for the World Cup, and then get hurt or game before. So I'm glad he's all right. Um, but, yeah, we'll touch on these last couple games quickly. Man United, Fulham. Fulham played great. Willian was fucking awesome. I, I, I was shocked yeah. at how well he was playing that game. Yeah, He was making things happen. He was – he was all over the pitch. He was playing like Jesus almost like he was everywhere, just making things happen, creating. Um, I, I feel like if Mitrovich was playing, that game would have been 3-1 Fulham, but they just couldn't finish. De Gea was making great saves, 1-1, and Ganacho comes in, and just a great play from him. The dude, the dude outpaces the fullback um, yep. and gets the goal in the 92nd minute, and game over, Fergie time. Uh, He's looking good though. That kid is looking good. I can't deny it at all.
1: Super impressed. Um, He looks, I completely agree with you. He looks really good. Um, Nice little touch and go uh, got played on into the box. Nice soft shot Mm -hmm. um, on back corner. It was really, really good. Really, really good play. Um, Kids good. Uh, United are getting results. Uh, That's a team too that, from kind of what you've seen, you're looking at a culmination, and I had to consider a few of their players for for the best you know team of the season so far. Uh, man, I mean, it's just they're, they're getting things done. Like I, I got to give them credit, um, but I still think they're far off. Mainly because when yeah. we saw them put a six on their head, and could have been a ten spot, we've noted this. So th- they're building, but you you know what would help this situation if you didn't have a disgruntled athlete come out. <laughs> And just start talking shit after a huge win.
0: Don't tell me. Uh, maybe that's I a would
1: problem.
0: feel Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem. But,
1: I mean, I just don't understand. You like I know it was untimely. The the, the result could have been 10 0 to United and the and that story still would have went out because mm, Pierce yeah. is Pierce. Mm. But mm-hmm. I just don't necessarily understand why it got to that point. So yeah, it's good for United. Um, whatever.
0: Whatever. Yeah, no, it was a good result for them because that would have been a bad draw. Really bad draw. For sure. You don't want to draw that game there um, going into the World Cup break. So Mm -hmm. it was good they got it. Ganacho's looking good. Anthony sits out so he can get rest for the World Cup. I thought that was fucking fraudulent as fuck. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Jaden Sancho, you're going to be on the bench because I'm playing Ganacho 10 times out of 10. He he yeah. does he does everything that Sancho doesn't do for United everything, and uh, that's seventy million dollars down the drain. Bye bye, couldn't happen to a, <laughs> couldn't happen to a worse club. Um, but yeah, so we'll move on. Uh, Dan James also came on for Fulham. This was like the freaking uh, William and Dan James show. It was shocking, he came that's on and made an impact as well. That was shocking. So. Um, yeah, uh, next game, we'll go through these quickly, and then we're going to do something that Orlando has been alluding to, a Premier League team this season thus far, which will be fun. I'm looking forward to hearing his team. Uh, what What other games did I miss? I so Palace, Force, Palace, Palace, yes, yeah. Forest Palace, uh, one nothing. Forest. What do we pick on that one? Zaha misses a penalty.
1: Yeah, I predicted a 2-2 draw. What the hell was I thinking? And, and then I think I was predicting this based on Forrest and the result against Tottenham uh, in mm-hmm. the Carabella Cup. But 2-2 draw is what I predicted. You predicted a 3-1 Palace win. Um, so, yeah.
0: Yeah, missed a penalty. And then um, last one that we didn't cover, Villa, picking up an impressive road win on against Brighton. Unai Emery, two back-to-back Premier League wins. And, yeah, you know, um, Villa could be a team in the second half that, you know, you have to really be on your P's and Q's when you go play them because, yeah. you know, we, we've we stated they have the talent over there. So Emery could come in and looks like he's getting results. Can they keep it up? That'll be the question. But they've looked good, and that's a, that's a very, very good win for them on the road at Brighton, uh, especially going into the World Cup. They can come back feeling good about something. So... Yeah, win over Mm -hmm. United, win over Brighton. Two very quality wins for Villa. And, uh, yeah, go over our picks this week, and then we will do our Premier League teams of the season thus far. And we'll end it with that. And then after that, World Cup mode.
1: So check it. You got a great bounce-back week. Nine total points. You had uh, two bullseyes and uh, accumulated nine total points. Um, going into the week, going into the week, we had I had a six point advantage, sixty one to fifty five, um, with a little bit of some help last week with a twelve to seven win. This week, with you catching up, nine points to my only three, and we also this is not including the school the the goal scores actually, so you can count. Which we drew either on,
0: right? Yep, We've right. So that's.
1: Yeah, so that takes you ten to four, um, with a
0: plus six advantage. So yeah, big week for you for sure. So what's the um what's our what's our points looking like going into the world cup? Which going- which we're gonna continue to 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 pick. We're not gonna just you know sit idle on this for six weeks. We're gonna do some stuff with points with the world cup as well.
1: Took you to a total of sixty five points. Who were your other goal scorers real quick? Hold on.
0: I had Martinelli, no goal. And then I had um, whoever I had didn't score. Oh, Callum Wilson.
1: That's right, Wilson. I had Firmino scored, Rodrigo scored. Oh, you got two. and I had, Yeah, so I did get okay. two. Perfect. All right, so I went from I uh, three went to, to five. So it was five total, and you had 10. So, you're finishing up with a total of 65 going into the week, into the World Cup break. And then I have a total of, holy shit, (laughs) it continues to be so close. I have a total of 66 because I had 61.
0: All right. So, yeah, what we're going to do too with the points um, for the group stages, we're going to, there's eight groups. We're going to pick out of a hat. You get a group. You got to pick who's going to advance from that group. You get one right, you get a point. You get two right, you get two points. I mean, three points, if you get the whole yeah. group right. Um, so we'll do that. And then in knockout rounds, we'll just do a traditional bracket. And that'll be the way to do it. So we'll continue to do that. Also, think of categories coming in, because we're going to do a big, big World Cup podcast at the end of the week. So just right off the top, World Cup winner, uh, breakout player, breakout player of the tournament. There's always one, right? Uh, 2012, it was... a. Uh, James Rodriguez, remember that? And then he went to Real yeah. Madrid and then turned out to be a flop. Oh. Um, there's always one. So breakout player, player of the tournament. Um, what else can we do? Surprise team of the tournament. What team is going to advance really far that you're not expecting? And uh, flop of the tournament. That's just five now. We can always add to that. Flop meaning what oh, team yeah. is going to drop out of the group stages that you know we expect to go far. Oh, yeah. So we can always add to that and we'll do some of those categories while we're breaking down the world cup because we're almost in world cup mode. But before we get to that, we're going to end this podcast. Uh, I thought about doing this premier league team of the season so far, what we're going to do four three three three, three formation, pick a manager as well. That's going to manage your premier league team season. And then you could pick a couple bench players as well. Cause it's very, very tough. Um, you know, there's a, there's a, on every bingo board, there's a there's a free space. I think we're going to be in agreement on one thing and one thing. We'll probably be in agreement on some other things, but Erlen Holland, I'm sure that's your striker, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, that, so that's that, the that free really space on thing. the bingo board. <laughs> yeah, we both don't even all... think it needs a. No, no debate. Go ahead. Sorry, no debate. Right.
1: Yeah, not, not really a debate. I just think, you know, we can note it as we get there. Uh, a, a few contingencies, right? Do you want to go over the honorable mentions or the OLIs outside looking in? I think this would kind of build up some suspense as to the actual call-outs. I have them written down
0: because I had to do breakdown player comparisons. Do you think we should do it at the end so we don't reveal our teams too early, right? Because if we say, oh, this guy's not in, then we know, oh, okay. Now, I'm like. If I didn't pick like so-and-so at the right wing, there's not many, or especially like left wing is a very thin position, I noticed. So, oh, he didn't pick him, so now I know it's going to be the other guy. So we'll do those at the end. And we'll have like a little bench for our team as well so we can have people off our bench to change the game. Um, But, yeah, we'll start. We'll start. um, We already know Holland's our striker, but we'll start at the other side of the pitch. Goalie, who is your goalie? I'm very interested in this. So, uh, can I
1: get a prerequisite on how I got my
0: picks? Yeah, yeah. Please explain how you got it. Because I don't just want to go, hey, you picked him, I picked him. Like We want to explain it, our thought process. I think we both kind of see things a little differently. So, yeah, definitely explain it. So, I I
1: went with
0: two, two main
1: factors. Okay. What I see, what I have physically seen. Mm -hmm. with my eyes Mm -hmm. and what the numbers tell me per the Premier League themselves. And there's a few players that I considered at keeper. This was 100% out of all of the positions. It's the second shortest position I spent time looking at. Okay. Um, Holland was first, obviously. For me, this keeper has been statistically... No one has shot more at him, and no one has blocked more than him. I'm going with Nick Pope and good pick. with with Newcastle with what they're doing, to me, he has been paramount. I agree. I think it's a very, very it'd be tough to give yeah. anyone else a shout to be honest with you. just just in the numbers. My Holy eyes Lord, tell you something right. different. Ramsdale okay. Um, I, I'm not saying I considered I looked just because of recent form but the numbers immediately I remembered I put a six spot on his head so I couldn't do it I looked at De Gea I looked at Keppa in recent form um, Ederson is not an option in my opinion um, not defending enough I went hard I'll also preview I'll say it now uh, There's only one position, defensively, that I even considered a Man City player.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: What was Um, it? uh, I I don't want to say that position. Okay, okay. It gives it up enough. But yeah, Nick Pope is my guy. And I did it, again, two variables. My eye test, and I went back and looked at the metrics.
0: I like it. It's a good pick. It's not what I picked, but it is a good pick. He was one of my considerations. He's been awesome. I think... World Cup, Southgate, he's going to pick Pickford. But in my opinion, it should be between Nick Pope and Ramsdale, clearly. But he'll, mm-hmm. of course, pick Pickford because that's why Southgate sucks. So, yeah, good mm-hmm. pick. Great pick, actually. Um, I went different. None of the guys you mentioned. I went with Allison from Liverpool. Wow. Yeah. I think he's wow. I think he's the best goalie in the Premier League. There's nothing that yeah. I've seen this season that has proved otherwise. He's had a solid season. Um, I think... A lot of players on Liverpool have been very inconsistent. Allison has been consistent. And, you know, just a little thing he adds to his game, he gets assist. <laughs> the guy's got more assist than Sancho <laughs> in the Premier League. <laughs> so that's just another that's extra true. nod. But, yeah, for me, the guy is a dominant force. He's a big boy back there. He scoops up everything. He can play the ball out of the back. I think he's done nothing to not deserve that uh, Premier League uh, spot for me. So, yeah, that's going to be my goalie, and perfect. This is how I wanted it to go. Let's have different opinions. Let's have a different team. I didn't want to go down and, you know, oh, you pick Pope, uh, I pick Pope too. You pick this guy, I pick him too. So, yeah, yeah. good, good. I'm glad the first one, different right off the bat, because I actually wasn't sure where you were going to go with goalie, and I thought Pope was a great pick. You know, Newcastle up there with Arsenal is one of the best defenses stats-wise. So, yeah, definitely got to have some Newcastle representation back there. Right back. Another interesting spot. Very interested in this one. Uh, I'll go first on a couple other, but I want to let you go first on this one again.
1: Okay. Um, So for this position, I looked at, again, those two variables, but mainly because of how more developed and advanced, and I have to justify this for this position because I'm going to have to do it later for the opposite side. Yes, defensively is their main job, and it's vital. But in today's modern game, I need an attacking right back. I need an attacking fullback on both sides. I need aggression in that position. And defensively, this guy actually competes with a lot of his contemporaries as well. But I'm going with Kieran Trippier. I've seen enough from him defensively. With my eye, I've seen enough offensively. But the stats showed me statistically with tackles, touches, um... Everything he's done defensively is enough to say he warrants that position too. So, guys, a beautiful set piece. Uh, he's got a beautiful shot to him. So, yeah, I'm going with Trippier.
0: Yeah, I good, good shout. He was in my consideration as well. I wasn't sure exactly where to go with this one because for me, there was, you know, Trent. Last year probably would have been in this conversation. He's out of here this year. Um, You know, for me, at the right-back slot, there's really only three guys to consider, in my opinion. Trippier was one. I went Mm -hmm. back and forth with him big time. Ben White, another one. Went back and forth with him big time. Big, big time. However, I went with Reese James. I know he's hurt, but for me, but for me... He's the best right back in the in the Premier League. He's the best Premier League right back. I think he does it all. And I think you see now how much he does for that Chelsea team because they look completely lost without them. He provides so much creativity from that right back spot. And he is so integral to Chelsea. They look completely dead without him. I, I think even with Potter's weird tactics you throw in there him in there, it's another dimension being added. I'm a big fan of him. Yeah. One of the players on Chelsea I really rate, I really look at their roster and I'm confused by it. Even, like, Calabali, that guy's coming and he hasn't done much for me. Um, but, yeah, Rhys James, he's the best player on Chelsea. He does so much and, yeah, big time. Agree with you on Trippier, though. I was going to put him in there, but I just went – I think Rhys James – I just looked at it as if I'm playing one game – and I'm not going to take Reese James out because he's been fit for more games than he hasn't. And if I'm playing one game, Premier League versus La Liga, Premier League versus Serie A, something like that, who do I want? I want Reese on that right side,
1: 100%. That's a good shout. I don't think you can do anything wrong. I think actually for as much as I give Trippier to be the aggressive attacking fullback, I think you just pick the full a fullback that's even better and more aggressive and I think better in the attacking third. Um, I think my suspects a little bit time with Reese is uh so both of them also the other thing to note i think this is an important factor when you do the comparisons i was trying to make sure that thy eyes were telling me also i injuries the the, the thing for me with reese i really didn't give him that nod is because the amount of games played in comparison to even trent or trippier so um but yeah it's i think it's a good shout It, it both both healthy you you have a great reasoning as to why Reese is probably the better option, especially if you're looking just on a one game, but also building right because Reese is younger. So I feel yeah. like even Reese would be the better option there. So yeah, yeah, that's a good shout. Look at you having a Chelsea player on your on your team of the season.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, are you going all Newcastle backline? I know you're a stat guy. Newcastle no. stats are, are good. You went you went two no, in a row. But- so. I uh, did,
1: I did. This next position is going to be interesting. I'm really, you got to go first on this center back because this next center back, I'm going to say a name to you, and it's actually the name uh, that I put in uh, into the chat. Um, this guy is my honorable mention, dude. He Not only do I know who he is, I went out of my way to go look him up and go look more into this guy because uh-oh. the stats were so telling.
0: Really? Okay. That's a good, yeah. that's a good, uh... That's a good teaser. So yeah, I'll go first on this one. Right sided center back. You know, there is some people you can pick. You can look at the the center back duo from Newcastle, uh, Botman and what's the other guy's name? Schlar, is it? Yeah, Char. Schlar. Schlar. Botman and Schlar. You can look there. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not done. I'm not done. I, I'm trying to. I'm trying to tease like you just did a teaser. Uh, City definitely have some great center backs. None um none of them deserve any shout none <laughs> of them disasters but yeah he's not going in there uh, stones but, is our best right back right now Stones starts true, on our true, team true. as
1: right back he's beautiful there absolute disaster rotational center backs of mediocrity every single last one of them
0: yeah so i'm looking at that you know there's some decent center backs, but there's only there's only one one spot for this for me. There's only one player that I would take, William Saliba. Ooh. William Saliba, that is my right back, my right center back. <clears throat> He's going in there. He's been unbelievable. Arsenal tied with Newcastle for most, deten- most defensive statistics, tied for most clean sheets, and tied for least goals conceded. So, yeah, you have to have some Arsenal representation back there. And who other than Saliba, who stepped into this team and he's looked like a fucking grown man from minute one. He absolutely deserves it. And 22 rock solid. He's just going to get better. And he's already having an incredible, incredible season winning match, winning, uh, you know, uh, man of the match left and right on Arsenal. So I think he deserves it. Like I said need some Arsenal representation back there, and Saliba should be back there. Arsenal have one of the best defenses in... So,
1: yes. Saliba's a great shout. And I picked him as well. (laughs) I knew you would. Um, The comparisons that I had, there's, there's one standout that Saliba had. Uh, That kind of separated him. He did not win in aerial battles. He did not win in... um, What was the other stat that he did not win? uh, That he was not up on, even on his own team, by the way. I know. Mm. Aerial battles? Aerial battles, tackles. He wasn't even the best on his own team. But I picked Saliba... Yeah, but but the numbers were very close. The numbers were very, very close. close. But the reason why Saliba gets the nod for me... Um, the goals that he scored. I mean, yeah. you go back and look at that separate. That's another reason why there's a player in the midfield. I'm gonna give a little shout out to got my midfield spot because I was like, if I'm doing the comparisons right now, yeah, they're both close. I'm going with a guy who can hit some bangers. So, mm. yeah, Saliba gets a shout for me uh, with the I think if I'm not mistaken, I can go back and look two goals and one assist. So he's yeah. actually contributing three goal contributions. So Saliba gets the nod for me. Several
0: nutmegs as well.
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. In, in the attacking third, it's not, like actually exactly. it'd be more a little salty if he was in the defending third and he nutmegged a couple like attackers coming at him. that would be more insulting.
0: Hundred percent, hundred percent. But yeah, I, I had a feeling you would pick Saliba, and he deserves it. I mean, I, honestly, I it's not that competitive for me. I think he's been, you know, probably the or one of the best center backs in the Premier League. Uh, maybe even in all of Europe. So, yeah. Uh, uh, Go ahead, because I'm curious on who your second center back is going to be, your left-sided center back.
1: So I didn't really look at it as a left side to right side. I just looked at – it. I I don't know if one of – yeah, I wanted to take the two best. I also wanted to kind of separate do certain players function because center backs are a little bit different, right? They've got to be a little bit more partnered in unison because they really truly are those last line of defense other than the keeper. So I tried to look Mm -hmm. at – Is is maybe some of these center backs I'm considering Are some of them kind of being carried By another center back that they're on I also had to consider maybe a short little younger guy Who's maybe not as tall as other center backs Who's been getting shitted on But getting a lot of credit lately So I had to go look at some of those numbers too Just to kind of make sure I'm kind of off Um, An honorable mention is Gabriel Gabriel statistically, like I've already pointed out Defensively, is spot on with Saliba has a couple disadvantages, couple advantages. The player comparison is very very close. My humble opinion, I pick Saliba because he brings that brings that offensive presence. He's younger and I really less mistakes. just Yes, less mistakes. There you go. Exactly. So, I I just went with Saliba. Would you be upset if I told you that this is a position, this second center back position is where I actually Spend more focus on a on a Chelsea player at this position than any other position on the fucking table.
0: I, I, I think I know who you picked, but no, I wouldn't be upset about that. The reason I looked at this more closely, and I think
1: you're gonna come back with the well, he, he's a part of a three in the back, which is why I looked at the the the, the individual statistics. This guy is up there, mm. Thiago Silva. Yeah. Has been doing some work for Chelsea. Yeah. And they've been looking for,
0: they're not added on. They're up there. He's their best player right now with Reese on the bench, he, 100%. Yes. They're up there when he's on the pitch. And
1: Thiago mm-hmm. Silva is the second player I considered for this position because my oh. guy is Dan fucking Burn. Dude, this guy has won more aerial threats. This guy has covered more ground than any other center back minus short of an Arsenal player.
0: He Doesn't he has play played it, left back at New, Newcastle? Is it Dan Byrne? Yeah, I think he plays I, left Dan back.
1: Byrne, Dan Byrne is their center back, if I'm not mistaken.
0: I think he's their left back. I think Botman and Schlar. Center back. I think Botman and Schlar. Yeah, I think so. I just wanted to correct you on that but I'm almost positive. Oh, my God.
1: Oh, my God. Let me take a look. Dan Byrne, it just lists him as an actual defender.
0: I'm looking at their formation, and he's listed as left back.
1: Wow. He's not even a center. I can't even position modify like on FIFA right now? You can. Damn. Uh, You can put him at center back. Why not? Well, no, that's not fair then because, I mean, uh, so I have the numbers and I'm looking at it. Um, I'm going to have to go with that next best player then, and I'm going to
0: actually ask So are you going to put Byrne at left back?
1: That's the question. No. 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 Oh, shit. No, I'm not. He can't, so he's going to he be one of your OLIs. OLIs. All right, I, I retract. I'm going with Silva. Diago Silva <laughs> is that center back for me. He's, yeah. he's next to the numbers, Money. man. The guy has been incredible. The guy has been incredible.
0: Yeah. Yeah, 100%. He deserves to be there, you know. When I'm bantering Chelsea fans, I say, "Hey, your best player is 38 years old." Yeah, it's banter, but it's also the truth. He is their best player right now, especially with Reese out. Um, And he was consideration for me because I think that'd be a lethal center back pairing with uh, Mm -hmm. with uh, Saliba. And but I had to. I was I was thinking along the same lines as you. Because Newcastle have been one of the best defenses in the Premier League. Um, so I was like, I have to have some representation back there from Newcastle. So I didn't pick Burn, I didn't pick Schlar. I'm putting Botman there next to Saliba. The dude's yeah. been an absolute beast. They've been one of the best defenses in the Premier League. Clean sheet yesterday. Clean sheets everywhere. Yeah. They're doing it. So I have to have a center back from there or at least somebody in that back line or a goalie. And I didn't pick any of the other ones. So for me, my center back pairing is going to be Botman from Newcastle and Saliba from Arsenal. And that's what I'm going with. And yeah, anybody on that back line, burn trippier, uh, Schlar and, uh, Botman deserve credit, but I'm picking Botman. He's going to be my center back. Saliba was my second, uh, not Saliba. Tiago Silva was my second pick, but I didn't go with him. I went with, uh, I wanted some yeah. Newcastle representation back there. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. All right. Left back. I'm very, very curious about this one. I'm, you yeah. just you just freaking sung the praises of Mr. Daniel Byrne, but you're not going with him at left back.
1: I'm not, because this is a position that, again, I have to consider development, and development in the final third. Byrne definitely does not bring that um, in regards to any sort of attacking threat. Uh, statistically, I didn't even bother to look, because... You thought he the was other a center consa- back, exactly. Yeah, the other, the, the other consideration that I had for this left back position was a player who broke a record, has now the record for the most assists as a left back in the Premier mm-hmm. League. Assist is not very high, um, the team is not doing well, and mm-hmm. from what I've seen, it's kind of been off. I'm trying to guess this. that honorable mention is. Robo Who? Andy Robertson? Andy Robertson. Oh, okay. Andy yeah, yeah. Robo. I thought about him. I was looking into him. I just couldn't decide it. The player I ended up choosing was a player that defensively with tackles, interceptions, touches, passes out of the final out of the defensive third. He's up there. He just has had one too many mistakes. But I am okay with it because I know what he brings attacking. I had to go with Jalkanen.
0: Mm, that'll be both of us because that's who I picked as well. Not the best defensively, but what he does attacking is just—it's—it's it's too good to ignore. He's—he's yeah. a—he's a great left back. Amazing going forward, you know. Little shaky defensively, but not that liability like Trent is. You know where he's just—he's yep. doing basic he's not doing the basic stuff right so yeah you have to go with cancello there you know i thought about you know zinchenko hasn't been healthy enough Tierney hasn't played enough you know i even thought about um, seven games for zinchenko only yeah, seven games that wasn't enough for me no definitely not definitely not and and you know he's still getting his fitness under him so he hasn't been that great you know um who else was i trying to consider you know and then you look at the rest of the league and it's just who you really competing for me, Robertson hasn't been good enough. Like last season. Yeah. Robertson for sure would be up there, but he hasn't been consistent enough this year. And you just look at all the other left backs besides, you know, a couple on arsenal who've been inconsistent as well. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think he's, I think he's clear. I think that was one of the easier positions for me. Cancelo definitely gets in at left back, uh, on my team this season. Uh, this midfield, I think will be very, very interesting. Um, did you pick a DM? I did. You learned from Pep's mistake in the CL final. <laughs> Always exactly gotta have got right. to have a DM. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's, let's go DM, and then we'll tell our other. But let's start with DM. I'm going to go first. Um, very, very tough for me. There's a few DMs in this league that I think are just incredible. Get a lot of things done. I'm going with this one. Because for me, he's the heartbeat of this team. And this team is top of the Premier League. And I say it in and out Thomas Partey is the difference maker in Arsenal. He's been fantastic this season. He's, for the most part, stayed fit, only missed two games. And because of that, Arsenal's top of the league. The one game he didn't play, Manchester United, we lost. (laughs) He's the heartbeat of this team. He's banging in worldy goals now, something he wasn't doing, and I think he deserves it. My second pick was obviously Rodri. I just think Partey deserves a little bit more this year, and I'm picking Partey.
1: I spent the hardest time picking this one. Mm -hmm. The hardest time picking this one. I have to go with my eye wins this. My eye has to wins this one, because statistically believe it or not Rodri has actually been a little bit better
0: statistically yeah
1: statistically but again I am going with my eye Thomas Partey is second to none this year in the Prem at least in the midfield position he's defensively covers everything and again when you're bringing it a, a, a mindset of yeah, but he's a CDM. You don't need to see. You don't need him to score. He stays back and passes and sends teams up. Yeah, but it's nice when you're ball controlling and you know when it goes back to him to kind of move the ball over. That guy can make defenses tremble by not coming up. And when you hit banger of goals like he's been hitting, you actually hit the better note, which is. He's the heartbeat of the club, and you know this better than I do. I can't speak to what Arsenal's heartbeat is. If you say that's what the case, I, will, I 2,000% believe you. That even more reason why he's separate, because Rodri isn't to City. We can stick Calvin Phillips back there, and we'll be just okay. So Rodri is important to us, but Thomas Partey's really – and damn near, I can say, just today, right now, if, if they did an American MVP – Oh my god, like an American style MVP? Like who are you tackling? Dude, <laughs> you think about it. He's a great case. He's got yeah, a great absolutely. case for it, dude. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I just you know, for me, it was those that one thing you just said, heartbeat of the team, putting in goals. And um I just think we'd be completely different. Like you said, I think if you put Calvin Phillips, a healthy Calvin Phillips, you know, you'd still be kind of playing the same way. Um, mm-hmm. But I just think Partey just provides so much. He's, he, and he's a one of a kind player. Like, you know, I've been saying we need to get a Thomas Partey backup, but I mean, you're not going to find anybody that does what Thomas Partey yeah, does. Yeah, exactly. Good luck with that. Have fun trying to find that. Cause it ain't going to happen, but yeah. Yeah, they don't uh, grow on trees. <laughs> well, for me, you put in Partey, you put in Rodri, you can't lose. I wouldn't have been mad at either of those both both great DMs. Yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm curious to see the next midfielder you're going to pick, more of like that eight position. Did Now, did you go two number eights? Did you go attacking mid and then uh, a, a number eight? How did you pick these next two? Don't, don't reveal who you picked, just what kind of midfielders are these two?
1: I went with one midfielder that I know is going to change a game. And I went with, yeah, from a tactical, he can kind of cover back and forth. Both of them kind of do a little bit of everything. Um, I went, I let numbers really support this one player. And then I went with a little bit more of the variable of being a game changer at any moment with another player. So yeah, those were my first two.
0: All right. So I will give my next one. Um, this is more of a number eight. I thought about a couple of big people for this position. Um, somebody I probably would never would have considered even thought about considering at all. I considered Jaka. I think he's been incredible for Arsenal. Got worried this weekend. Cause he came off sick within like five, 10 minutes. Um, that. Luckily, they put in Vieira, and Vieira did a good job. But, yeah, I thought about him. Um, I thought about a guy like Tielemans because I think what Tielemans does scoring-wise is just so valuable, a guy that can just bang in goals outside of the box. You know, I thought about a guy like him. Um, I even thought about guys like Christian Eriksen. I think he's doing great things for Man-, Man United. But for me, I have to put Bruno Guimaraes in there. That's my midfielder for my team of the season. I'm going Thomas Partey at DM and I'm going Bruno at the eight. I think he deserves it. hundred percent. This guy's a game changer. Sometimes I go to sleep at night wondering what it would have been if we would have got him last January transfer window. He's an absolute beast. Absolute beast. Completely transformed that, that Newcastle midfield. They're a problem now, him and Joe Linton in there, just big bodies that get things done and he scores a lot of goals. This guy, this guy's probably going to have close to ten goals this Premier League season. You know, he puts in yeah. goals. He's been doing it consistently, and he is the he's the engine of that Newcastle team. And Newcastle deserves representation. And you know, I picked Botman in defense, but I'm picking Bruno as well in the midfield. So, who was your pick?
1: Oh, Bruno has this player beat. In interceptions, Bruno has his player beat in tackles. Players, Bruno has his beat in tackles one. But this player that I chose has beat him in clearances, headed Ooh. clearances, aerial battles one. Mm. This player has also been on the field longer for clean sheets. This player has also had big two big chances scored in comparison to zero from Bruno. This player has actually scored three goals from within inside the box in comparison to Bruno. This player has actually scored two goals with his left foot in, compa- in comparison to zero from Bruno. And I'm going with the guy oh, who bad. has who has honestly <laughs> the better redemption story right now. And Bruno deserves some credit. Newcastle deserves some credit. They one hundred percent are doing well, but the eyes win this one. Granted, Jaka is Woo! on this team. My There's man. no way this this man deserves it, dude. From an he's attacking the. Yes, it's a full one eighty of who he is and the player. And I still think inside he's still that dick. That hasn't changed, but it's it's reformed. It's conformed to a way to where it's now. All of that animosity and that built up negative energy, it's turned positive with how the team is going and how they're moving him. Um, completely different player. I fear Granite more than I fear Bruno. The stats prove that Bruno's probably a little bit more defending, but from an up and down box to box right now, tomorrow, Granite Shaka's my player.
0: He deserves it. He 100 yep. percent deserves it. And like you said, he's he's channeling that inner dickhead now. <laughs> Cause I don't know if you remember the, the Chelsea game last week at the end, Chalaba tried to yeah. row him up a little bit and granite yep. kept yep. it yep. his cool. In the past, red card, Granite Jacka, all for three games, violent behavior. <laughs> he channeled it this week and uh last week. And yeah, he's and you know what, you know what's great about Jacka? The guy's never hurt. Like he came off the pitch this weekend but he, yeah. you just always know he's a consistent. What's your starting 11? Don't even read off the number eight position. I know Granite Jack is going to be there. He's always available, yeah. always. And that's that's important because, you know, injuries will play a factor, but that's one position I don't worry about. I think last year he got hurt. He was supposed to be out for two months or four months. He came back in two or or a month and a half even. He came back quickly, and he's just yeah. – he's a, he's a beast, and – yeah, what a redemption story. I think we're both suckers for redemption stories. This is one of the mm-hmm. best. I, imagine, I mean, I know you don't want to see this as a City fan, but as an Arsenal fan, th- th- this guy was hated. Hated for good reason at points too. You know, he was a yeah. douchebag at a lot of points. But to see this guy lift a Premier League trophy, that would be insane. That would be something oh, yeah. i get emotional over because I would have never envisioned that. in an Arsenal uniform him lifting a Premier League trophy that would be that would bring me to tears I'm not gonna lie
1: the story the story had so many opportunities to end negatively um, and somehow some way the perseverance from the club and the player to put animosity aside and keep trucking somehow and Miguel who it's not even the other thing is you can say well Let's play devil's advocate as a naysayer. Well, he shouldn't even be on the squad. The guy's done plenty of things to show that he doesn't deserve to wear the badge, which I, I would say Miguel puts a stop to things when it's necessary. Hence, Aubameyang yeah. not being yeah. a part of the club so Mm -hmm. we have a clear-cut example as to where there's a line anytime anyone brings to you the conversation of well i mean the moment we start doing that well then that's when we'll allow this where's the line motherfucker there's always a line don't start going down the the never-ending story because there's a there's always a break situation miguel has proven it to us what he did was enough everyone understood and in fact when you put that line out there You now have a better understanding and a distinguisher to things. Now you have a benchmark. So granted, knowing that benchmark, the growth is incredible. Yeah, 100%. What what one hell of a redemption story if that man lives supreme trophy.
0: Yeah, seriously. Um, All right, who's your next midfielder? I'm curious to see. This guy is the guy that I had to look at uh
1: this past weekend and i was completely pissed off with him um he leads the league in assist he's still incredible there's no counting out any moment of magic he could bring to change the game um he is the type of leader that when doesn't start won't walk off the pitch in the 85th minute and get to the locker room a little early Um, He's the type of player that represents the club well, um, quiet leader. But sometimes that can hurt you. But if we're just looking at this season, when you have this many assists to goal contribution um, from an attacking third, the passes are down a little bit. The percentages is down a little bit. uh, But, yeah, I'm going with the guy who can change the game at any moment, Kevin De Bruyne.
0: And I will back you up on that and go Kevin De Bruyne. Obviously, one of the best Premier League midfielders of all time, in my opinion. And he, even though he had a stinker Sunday, he's been great this season. Nine assists. How many goals does he have? Three. Three goals. So 12 goal contributions. And yeah, he's still been unbelievable this season. That free kick yeah. shows you his quality. That free kick against Leicester, that was unbelievable as well. And yeah, he's he's still at a top top level. I will yeah. still take him any day of the week. I did have some considerations. Odegaard for me gets considerations yep. for that spot. 100% look that captaining. Offensive capt- better. Yeah, captaining the um the best team in the prem right now. So, and and he's not only doing that, he's putting up stats Six goals. He's Mm -hmm. actually the leading goal scorer at Arsenal, so that's something I wouldn't have expected, but he's getting it done that way. He's got three assists, I believe, as well, and um, yeah, he's been very impressive. I also consider James Madison. Even though that Leicester team has been booty, James Madison consistently on a crap team always puts up stats. I think he's a great, great player, and that's a guy I can see going to Newcastle, and if he goes to Newcastle, watch out. Watch out, because that that dude, no matter where he's at, that's a guy that you could put him on any team, you know, any team who doesn't even know how to utilize him. He's still going to have a have a have a knack for goal and he'll still find the goal. exactly. Yeah, he's exactly. just I always I always like Madison and he's been he's been great this season on a on a team that's been very disappointing. <laughs> yeah, he definitely deserves an honorable
1: mention for sure.
0: Um, all right, where are we going? Are we want to go left wing or right wing first?
1: I think the right wing is more questionable in my humble opinion.
0: Yeah, for sure. Who you want to go first? You want me to go, uh, go right wing. Yeah. You go first. All right. Yeah. So picked a few people on this one that were up for it. Um, definitely some decent shouts at right wing. I think it's definitely more of a, uh, one we can debate about left wings, a little easier to pick in my opinion. Um, I looked around the league, you know, even though this guy has been hurt, I definitely consider Kulisewski as much as it burns my soul. Uh, I think he's a great, great player. Definitely was under consideration, even though he's been hurt, he comes on and he changes things right away. You see it with their recent performances. Uh, he's getting assists. He just came back. He's already got two assists. He just, he just stands out on that pitch when he's there. You know, I looked at a guy like Anthony, he hasn't done enough for me. I looked at a guy um, for Liverpool, who I put very, very high on my uh, winger list, Salah. And, you know, I just feel like for me, I want my right winger to always be playing at top level. I think Salah, when he's not scoring, he's not doing a whole lot for the team. So really, for me, it was uh, between these two guys. I went with Bakayo Saka over Miguel Almiron. Um, yeah, he edged it out for me. For me, when I have Holland, and I thought about this this attack in kind of a, a tactical way, when I want when I have Holland on the um, uh, in the middle, do I want? And this is what I was saying about City. Do I want a guy like Almiron, who's just going to be kind of like a goal scorer, or do I want a guy like Saka? who puts in beautiful crosses, and Haaland is going to be there banging them in, tapping them in. And, yeah, I, I want Saka on my right wing. He takes on fullbacks, rips them apart, and he can score four goals on the season, should have a couple more. Honestly, Odegaard probably stole that first goal from him this weekend, just like Gabriel yeah. stole that goal from him against Chelsea. So he probably should have, like, six goals. But either way, he's got six assists. You got Holland sitting in the middle. I'd rather take an assist man on that right wing who's going to drop the ball into him. And that's why I went with Saka. I think Almiron definitely should be the second honorable mention there because he's what he's been doing is unreal. But I just like the versatility of Saka a little bit better. I think he brings a little bit more than Almiron, and that's why I went with him. Oh, man, you're spot on with the two players. There's not even
1: a way to build up to this. I think these two players, it's really, really hard. Brian, you're – your Saka point with the goals, I'll say it right now, I would have chose him if those goals would have gone <laughs> to him. They would have sealed it. Six goals, six assists, it's really hard to argue with that. Yeah. Eight goals for Almiron, one assist. On the pitch, I know this means nothing, but it speaks to maybe the defensive kind of or how attacking, how possession they have. On the pitch, Saka, the team only gets one clean sheet. Miguel Almiron has five clean sheets when he's on the pitch. I'm not saying that's anything defensively. Maybe it's just luck. I'm just saying when they're on the pitch, there's that. There's also this. Almiron has an 85% passing completion compared to an 83%. Close. Forward passes. Miguel Almiron has almost double. Oh, no, I'm not double. Almost 20 more passing forwards. Touches. Saka's killing him. 721 to 688 touches. Um, this, to your point, when you said it, I almost cal- called it out. This, when I read this, I was like, okay, maybe he's got something here. Crosses into the box. Miguel Almarhan has 15. Pakao Saka has 50 fucking seven. That's why I, that's that's, why I picked him. That because is such a spot-on reasoning.
0: It's the same thing I was saying about like City. Like, you know, the the wingers yeah. aren't really making sense over there with Holland's style yet. You know, I'm sure Pep will fix that. But, like, if I'm just going with, I need a team, I don't have to work with them. Saka, 55 crosses in the box. I know Holland's going to get behind a few of those and put them in the net. Right, right, right. Yeah, so, no, no, yeah, you're
1: but, spot on with that.
0: I probably yeah. want to revert back. I probably would want to nah. choose Saka. But the
1: thing about Almiron is I'm maybe I'm going recency bias because he just did the win player of the month. I mean... He oh, the it. other thing that i great. the other thing was uh goals outside the box the dude's got like three or four yeah. this year so i don't that's even kind know has
0: had one in his career he's usually in the box kind of score he's probably had a couple but yeah now i, I always love outside the box goals because that you, you can score outside the box now the defense has something else to worry about so you can't go wrong with Omron. Um, the guy's been yeah. freaking unbelievable He even was was the one assist from this weekend did he get an assist for that Willickel? Because he kind of laid it off. I think he did. I think he did, right? Yeah,
1: I think he did. Yeah. Uh, Sokka has goals inside the box, four. Goals outside the box, zero. Zero. Yep. But he's more balanced, though. It's, yeah. I mean, I don't know. You can. It's it's back and forth, dude. I really think Sokka's a great shout. And again, to your the other point, the activity note. If you're gonna have Holland, you want that that engine. Almiron, he's got an engine, but he's more of an attacking engine. He's more trying <laughs> to do what Holland's trying to do, which is more poach and lurk, not really track back like a soccer. I've seen Saka play right back. I'm not even bullshitting you. I have seen that man defend and then hustle straight back down to try to get a goal creation. The guy's incredible.
0: Yeah, I forget what game it was, but there was one game he was just off offensively, but he had like a key, key um, block in the box or a tackle in the box that was just beautiful. Like he came out of nowhere and stopped it. I feel I feel like it might have been the Fulham game or one of those early games in the season. I specifically remember that moment. But yeah, he's – I mean, like I said, can't go wrong with either one. They definitely deserve it. So, um, oh. left wing, who are you going with? I <sighs> – I don't want to sound harsh.
1: I don't want to sound harsh. But this is the third position that I spent the least amount of time looking at. Because when I looked at it, this is where I told myself the eye can be a little deceiving. Because the second place player, for all accounts, has been great this year. I'm, I don't want to deny what he's been able to do. He's been great. He's got activity. I love his ball movement, and personally, truly, personally, I mean this when I say this to you. I really like how he looks when he dribbles. He just looks like a confident, go after it type of player. But when you compare him to the winner, statistically and to the eye, there's no. Qu- it's not even. When I saw the stats, I was like, damn, they, it was really that far and away. I went with Phil Foden, and the guy who was second is obviously Martinelli. Um, Same same exact
0: thing for me. Yeah.
1: I'm going to show you why, or I'm going to explain to you why. I just went a little bit more with Martin or with uh, Foden because I think – yeah, here we go. So five five to two goals to assist for Martinelli. Seven to three for Phil. If you want to note the clean sheet thing again, just noting when they're on the pitch mm-hmm. levels of activity and possession and all those variables, Martinelli wins. Martinelli's got three, Foden's got none. But then we get to everything else 70% accuracy, shooting accuracy to Phil. My man, 55 for Gabe for Martinelli. Uh, on actually six plus six more shots. Um, which foot is Martinelli left or right? Do you know he's right footed? It don't matter. Cause Phil's got more goals with either of them, which yeah. is obviously a problem because a lot of shit talk on Phil is all left footed dominant, which he is. If you watch him play passing everything, there are, there are moments to where it messes it up. Phil's got two goals with his right foot. Martinelli's got one. Phil's got five goals with his left foot. Martinelli's has got two. Now Martinelli has got two headed goals. Phil's obviously short. No problem with that. Goals from inside the box, seven for Phil. Outside or inside, one for Martinelli. Looking at team play, you can say, no, dude, Martinelli, dude, yeah, Phil's scoring because he's up there in front. You guys attack a lot. Martinelli in the midfield, dude, there's no way he can compete with Phil, and he's not doing that level of activity. Phil Foden has more passes, has a higher passing completion. He's got more passing full, passes forward and passes backwards. He's almost forty touches more outside and inside the box combined. The only thing Martinelli hasn't beat on is crosses with ten more crosses. And I with, and I will say from a passing standpoint, my eye tells me this too. I trust Martinelli a little bit more to find try to find Gabriel Jesus, try to find Saka coming on the back end. Then mm. phil phil has notably been a little greedy sometimes and goes for a shot or a move as opposed to looking for holland so there's that
0: yeah that's something martinelli just added to his game because in the past too he yeah. was very greedy he's he's definitely looking for his teammates a lot more and i feel like that's oh, yeah. something arteta's definitely worked with him on because a lot of times last year he would make a make a run and instead of laying it off to a wide open saka he would go for goal and miss it or something like that so yeah um you know i picked my wingers last week he was the number one winger for me i really rate foden so i put him a little bit above martinelli if if martinelli had like another goal or two um a little bit better stats then i would probably want martinelli just for what he's doing but yeah you can't go wrong with either one of these um let's do manager i think this is going to be a pretty easy one i think there's only one pick for this we can say it at the same (laughs) time Three, two, one, Arteta. Miguel. Yeah, easy. Easy. Miguel. Got to give not him props. Top of the league. Not one. I mean, obviously, Eddie Howe would be a number two, I would say, right? Um, he'd have to be up Eddie there. Zaki. Yeah, the but, draws, though. The draws, yeah, yeah. you know? But no, if you told anybody Arsenal's going to be five points ahead of Man City going into the World Cup break, they would have all said, you're fucking crazy. But that's yep. the reality now. Mikel's done an unbelievable job. We've even said it. He's improved Martinelli, Granit Xhaka rege- redemption. Just everything's working well. So it's got to be Arteta. And if yeah. I'm picking yeah. players off the bench, um, my first three off the bench, I'm going uh, Martinelli. I love his versatility. I love him coming off the bench with his speed. I'm going Harry Kane. And then I'll probably throw uh, another attacker in there. I'll probably throw like... Um, no, I'll probably throw a midfielder in there. I I, I put Granite in there just because of how good he's been.
1: So so this is what I would actually do, real quick. If I'm doing a sub, I'm doing this like I'm doing FIFA. Okay, I'm going super attacking. Yeah. So I'm I'm moving Jao. I'm subbing off Almirón. Okay, I'm subbing off Almirón, and I'm subbing off Granite. I'm moving Jao to midfield. I'm subbing on Saka for Almiron. Okay? I'm moving Trippier to (laughs) left back. Gotcha. Okay? I'm subbing in Ben White for my right back. I'm going three in the back. I'm going three in the back. And Trippier, take your ass up forward now. Because now I have a back line of Saliba, Thiago Silva, and Ben White. Solid back. So I have yeah, Jao in the midfield. Saka on. With burst of speed. I have Trippier coming up and attacking. Three in the back. Yep. And then I'm bringing on activity as... I'm bringing on chaos. I'm bringing a true defined... Come give me that ball. Gabriel Jesus. Just monster of a machine. Take Foden off. Your ass is tired by now. And then that's where I bring in a Harry Kane. So my three official subs would be... Ben White, uh, Saka, and um, uh, Gabriel Jesus.
0: And Harry Kane, if you want to get four in there. Because now the Premier yeah. League has four subs, so fuck it. We'll do it that way. But yeah, that was yeah. good. So my Premier League team this season, just to recap, Allison and goal, right back Reese James, Saliba, Botman, center back pairing, left back Cancelo, Thomas Partey, um, Bruno Gomes, KDB midfield, On the right, Saka, middle, Howland. On the left, Phil Foden. And yours?
1: I have Nick Pope, uh, backline goalkeeper. I have Trippier at right back. I have Thiago Silva and Saliba as the connections for center backs. I have Jao Cancelo at left back. My holding midfielder is Thomas Partey. My two main box-to-box attacking go-get-it midfielders are going to be Kevin De Bruyne and Granite. And then up the middle, of course, I'm going with the absolute Norwegian beast. I got the English lad, Phil
0: Foden at left, and
1: I got the beautiful Almiron at right.
0: Yes, sir. All right. Perfect. Good teams. Good teams. I like that we had different different players in a lot of the positions. The only one we agreed on was Saliba, Partey, and on more, KDB. But besides yeah. that, everything else was different, which was good. And we agree on the manager also. But I think that was an easy one. But, yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Premier League mode off. World Cup mode on. We will be doing a World Cup podcast later in the week. I gave you five categories. Just text me more. I'm sure we'll think of more. Um, I'm really oh, yeah. going to be diving into these groups. There's a lot of interesting groups. Um And yeah, just with how weird and how this is in the middle of the season, I feel like a lot of giants are going to fall off. You know, usually it's like one giant. Yeah, I feel like it, man. I feel like, you know, there's a lot of teams, and I don't want to reveal it, but there's a lot of teams uh, because we'll go over it later in the week. There's a lot of teams I'm looking at that are going to be surprises, and I'm not sure where I'm going to go. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Tough groups. Tough groups, I will say that. I went through it. My first preliminary one today
1: uh, after I was waiting to see a couple more rosters announced Uh, Mexico's roster was announced this morning and Mark did a nice little thing. So uh, yeah, a couple, couple rosters put out Um, nothing that was like all telling, Oh God, this guy's on the roster. So now I'm picking them to win, but enough for me to kind of get a better mindset. And I think that's the important thing before we start to get into those world cups for the next episode. I think it's important to note what each of us think probably separately about what you want to fill your roster up with and how you want to go about trying to attack a tournament style like the world cup. So yeah, I think it's going to be a great episode. I,
0: I am amped for this World Cup. Absolutely amped. pumped. I'm feeling it now. I wasn't, I wasn't over the weekend, um, but now I'm definitely feeling it. I'm definitely going to, you know, do some research on these, and uh, yeah, maybe maybe we'll do like a World Cup episode where we just watch a game, and the podcast is us watching a game, just to do something different. Yeah. You know, we'll pick a game to watch. I think the schedule is 5 a.m. game, so we won't be covering that one. Um, 5 a.m. game, 8 a.m. game, 11 a.m. game, and then 2 p.m. game. And then I guess when it goes to knockouts, 2 p.m. will be like the main spot. So, yeah, we'll definitely probably do a 2 p.m. game on the weekend. We'll just chill, have a couple beers, watch the game, and uh, podcast over it, kind of like a a, a watch-along kind of thing. But yeah, I'm excited. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. I'm definitely gonna dive deep. I know you're gonna do the same because you killed the fucking stats for your Premier League team. I sent that meme of that always oh, sunny in Philadelphia. I think that was accurate. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Dude, Dude you gotta you got you will have so much fun if you download the Premier League app. They have, I have a, No, next... I have it. It's really good. Oh, the comparison, the second comparison. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's incredible. It's a gem of a thing, except yeah. they don't fucking separate positions on the defense because I'm yeah. over here thinking left-backs or center-backs. <laughs> that kind of pisses that. me off.
0: That always pisses yeah. me off, too, with the formations. Like, when they show them on the screen, like they'll be like, oh, Arsenal's playing a freaking 3-3. Uh, three, three. It's like, no, we're not playing no. that. We play the same formation every week. Get it right, no. please? Yeah. What are you talking about? Like, no. Yeah. yeah. They always fuck that shit up. But, yeah. So episode 19 is going to be our next one, World Cup mode activated. So get in World Cup mode, people, because we are getting in there. Anything else?
1: Let's get it. New York football giants. I love every bit of it. I'm soaking it in. It's my second favorite team. Oh, we're looking tremendous. Probably need to do a state of the giants at some point because they are amazing right now. We'll do that
0: over the World Cup for sure. We'll get some other, oh, yeah. we'll do some other sports over the World Cup as well because I think it'll give us a little time we really break down the Premier League like our last two episodes have been a combined five hours um, wow. but these next ones will be a little shorter we probably won't be breaking down the Knicks because there's not much to say about that team that does not play defense at all.
1: No. They need they, they get broken down enough themselves defensively. They they do enough breaking down. They don't need to, us to talk shit anything more about them.
0: Exactly. Breaking down on fucking rotation. The only thing we'll, we'll talk about is if Tibbs gets canned on this road trip, which I'm I'm thinking is actually possible. So I love playing new coaching
1: carousel who's coming in for the Knicks. Absolutely.
0: Knicks play it better than anybody
1: else. We'll have some names on there.
0: Ten to five bet Calipari gets named. You heard it here first. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You know he will. He's always mentioned the Italian mafia Every year. mobster. Um, Every but yeah, year. episode 18 in the books, World Cup mode is officially turned on. We will be back with episode 19 later in the week. That's it. Premier Pep Talk. We're out.